see that form? It's like not super wide. Okay. Like what you want to feel like you're bending the floor. What? And this, I've been trying to show you my missionary position for the past 30 fucking seconds. Have you not been paying attention? I'm looking for a piece of paper, a form. I, it's so hot with these leather jackets on, dude. I cannot concentrate. This looks so fucking cool, though. They look cool, but it's so hot. Sweat's cool, dude. You're still not watching? Slick no. back your hair. Slick back your hair. I, it's already slick back, dude. It's fucking drenched from all the sweat. You got your knees pretty low there. Like on my body? My knees are no, melting? I, I, no, bones. Oh. It's... I, it was step two, okay? It's a roll. It's a. It's like a grind. It's not a thrust. Dude, you, you, shouldn't, s- you shouldn't pop your back like that, though. I'm, oh, my dick's going to get stupid. fucking carpet burn, all right? If you're not going to pay attention, Kron. You stand right. on the end of the bed and just have her lay I'm on I'm talking the bed. about when you fuck in the store. This is how I fuck right here Wait, in the store. Well, dude, no. Wait, Dan, you stand on the- This is sacred fucking ground. You stand on the edge of the bed? No, I stand on the floor. She lays on the edge of the bed, and I'm just standing. I don't need to, you know, straddle. I'm just there. Crunt, Dan's race car bed is not big enough for him to stand on. It would tip over. I got hydraulics installed. I thought, how tall is this lady? Yeah, they're short, small, you know, whatever I can get. Not complaining. All right. Now I that kind of worked me out. I need to. I'm gonna lay on my back and show you cowgirl position. You guys want a cigarette? I'm a power. Phone ringing. Phone. Phone. Did I I'm on the floor. Cron, get the fucking Do I got phone. It? Uh, ahoy, hoy! Five day rentals. Yes. Oh shit! What is it? Shut the shutting fuck up, us Dan. down, Cron. What They're is shutting it? Shutting us fuck down. Up, Dan. Shutting us down. I know it. Okay, got it, guys. God, <laughs> just keeps getting worse and worse, guys. Jerry, our infallible leader, he's in the ICU. What? Uh, heart attack. Pay up if it is. Pay up, dudes. They said he got. I the called shit heart attack. Out. Said he got the shit kicked out of him. What? He got the shit kicked out of him. All the guys were wearing steel-toed boots. Who was it? Who was it? Uh, Big Wall, the other video rental store company. Uh, movie stars. No, Big Wall. Yeah, it's Big Wall. Fuck. Big Wall of videos. That's their gimmick. All right. Pretty big wall, I will say. My parents rent there. They said he's got internal bleeding, by the way. Is he going to make it, or do we have to go there? Do we have to do anything? They said it was pretty sketch. Wow. How many of these dudes did this? 
I don't know. Do they, they have sec- it, security outside his door? Because if they no find se- out that the job's not no finished. No security. They, they shut the cameras off at the big wall. Kron, you're going to have to sit outside his door, dude. I'm not I'm not sitting outside anybody's door. pool shifts, dude. What are we doing there? To protect fucking Jerry? The guy who pays your fucking electric bill? Oh, there's got to be more than this out there, right? There's got to be more than Big Wall and Five Day Rentals fighting all the time. No, dude. Fuck those fucking idiots. I hate them. All right. This is upsetting me. I'm going to fuck them like I fuck on this floor. Do you understand? I'm going to fuck them harder than Dan on his race car bed. Standing on the edge. Just his toes gripping the fucking race car. All right, when can we see him? Cron, you're more worried about me fucking than Jerry dying, okay? Get your fucking head straight. I'm worried about Jerry Well, because one of those things might actually happen, Dan. You know Jerry's strong, dude. Jerry's not... This happened a week ago, and Jerry came back. <laughs> I say we shut the door. We sh- we shut the door. We locked the door. I did lose door. the phone. I did lose the phone. I will say that. We That's go out the back fault. door. Mm-hmm. We come back around. We get in our cars, and we go over the big wall. Can we just set it on fire? Karan, do you have any coffee we can, creamer? We can talk about it. Of course it I do. On the way. What do you think? I fucking got these leather pants up with. I had to have some kind of slick barrier to pull up. Oh, the leather's probably like fire retardant as well, right? Yeah, dude. We just just in case the fucking coffee creamer goes up in your pocket. Mm -hmm. We can easily burn for a good two, three minutes before we got to get out of the big wall. Okay. It's going to melt right in. So we're going to go burn down the big wall. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Fuck yeah, dude. Now we're doing something. I'm now we're doing excited. something. I'm fucking excited. Okay. Listen. I was going to quit, but now I'm not. All right. If we attack too soon, it's going to be obvious. All right. And if we attack without our heads clear, you know. Well, we, if, we we need, wait, if we wait too long, we are going to look weak. We're not going to wait too long. All right. We're going to take about 90 minutes because this week on Five Day Rentals, it's The Outsiders. Five Day Rentals, the video store podcast, where each week one of us takes a crack at picking a flick that we think meets a fun, non-genre specific category. My name is Bones, and this category is called the English Room TV Card (parentheses) based on a book. That's right, the written word, the adaptation to the big screen of the finest of art forms, books. I'm joined as always by Cron Howard. Laundry Dan. Dudes, what you reading? Uh, I found out about this book that's called Paperbacks from Hell. It's all okay. about like cheap 70s and 80s 
uh, you know, paperbacks that would be in like drugstores and shit. Like sleazy pulpy stuff? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. But they're like horror focused. And then this comp, like, that was the first thing that came out. But then I guess they released a batch of like 12 of them that they're like reissuing. So I'm reading one of the reissues of these pulpy kind of horror themed books. Hell yeah. LD, what you reading? Uh, Parking the Moose by Dave Hill. Nice. I um after Bones, a year, what are you reading? I am I am uh after a year of trying to get through Heat Two, I cracked and just bought the audiobook so I could just grind that out at work. Um I gotta tell you, uh, not a fan of the reader. It's a little it's a little much. He's putting a little too much stank on it for me. Does he but, do uh, like a Pacino and a De Niro. He does and... Pacino. He does Chinese accents. He does Mexican oh, accents. Yeah, yeah. but it. Earning what's really paycheck. What's good about it is that you sort of see the repetitiveness in a lot of Michael Mann's writing, especially for that genre. So, like the word "raw" is just constant. He feels it. It makes him feel raw. The fire. Between the two, his skin is burning. Raw. It's, it sounds right like now, it sounds like fucking Job from Arrested Development when he's talking Michael. about club sauce, <laughs> chicken tenders with club sauce. Macaulay enters the back, armed with his AR-15 carbine and a pocket full of shells. Sounds tough as hell, dude. Yeah, dude. You think Job heard it and was like, why didn't they call me for this? Uh, I mean, the fucker's busy being in every other commercial on TV. And And a number one podcast in the world. He's he's got that eight minute long podcast that everybody likes. (laughs) Celebrities ruining podcasts. Can we have anything? They're funny. They're funny and people need to know what they're saying. No. Maybe they should have spent a little more time writing the reboots of Arrested Development than doing this. Guys, The Outsiders. This kicks off based on a book. We're back to just a standard lame category. We came off pretty hot, spooky season. Thanks to all our buddies uh, for uh, that giant (laughs) fucking mess of a category. And I mean that in the positive. What's up, it was a lot of energy put in lot, the, a lot of energy some some record setting episode lengths uh conscious effort to not do that for a while um but it feels good um a little behind the curtain we actually just saw each other not too long ago recording our phantasm episode so it does feel weird whenever you know i feel like we haven't recouped yet I don't know about you guys. We're back in the saddle. We should knock out like three in one night. Night? Maybe. Yeah. We could still be recording at like 4 a.m. No. Delirious. Punch (laughs) drunk. Actual drunk. That's that's 11 p.m. for me. So you just want to do the Phantom episode across eight hours? Yeah. Okay. 
Guys, did you read The Outsiders in school? I think you know, so. I think this I was, was like a about that. eighth grade read and then watch. Like in class, we watched it. I think we had the choice between this and Catcher in the Rye. And I think the class went Catcher in the Rye. I would comparable stories, I would say. Comparable lessons, right? It is weird at the eighth grade level that they're like, hey, you should read one of these two books about how you will never escape your <laughs> the card that you first drew. Well, now these are banned, I'm sure. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's important to accept that you are a snowflake and better than your situation, but you'll never get out of it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of good to know that you might be attracted to your best friend. What? Is that the what? lesson you got from this movie? <laughs> what, did you guys not watch the director's cut? That's just, I didn't get that from this movie, Dan. <laughs> no, I, I can see it could be taken that way, but I did I didn't. I just, that was just a joke. Right? Okay. Okay. They're you boys. had me concerned. They're, They're boys. both trans, yeah. dude. How boys did you don't know do that? that. Oh, boys don't do out, that. Hanging out with your boys, dude. It's some... What, like, preppy kid read this in eighth grade and, and cheered for the other side? Like, they had to have, right? Like, my dad bought me a Mustang. This is bullshit. Doesn't mean I'm an asshole. Why'd he stab that guy? He was just fucking around with him. Yeah, I mean, maybe they read it and they're like, uh, they were obviously attacked. Like, <laughs> the outsiders took it a step too far. I think they were good. They didn't even have to leave. It was self-defense, if you ask me. It, they, they're 14 years old, man. They panicked. Yeah, they're also 14. They would have gone to juvie for a month and then so <laughs> back out on the street. Dr- drown the kid. Well, well like, Johnny's 16. What? Yes, but it doesn't it still people freak out. Once they, once they get the the word that they've got some people coming to their defense in terms of testifying that it's self-defense, they they change their mind, but I guess a judge really isn't going to believe any of the other outsiders. Yeah. I'm sure it's also it's part of heads. like gang mentality though. Like if shit ever hits the fan, you go see this guy mm-hmm. and he'll you guys, get you the fuck out. You guys would hide me? I'd put you on the lamb, dude. I'd put you on a train. Yeah. You could give me a flight? I'd get you a Greyhound ticket. Come a flight, on, dude. Dude, you fucked up. You don't get a flight. Also, I, the, the whole point is to know? not That's be fucking, test. to not be tracked, dude. That's the test I'm giving you guys right now. You're supposed to tell me no, dude. You gotta take the bus. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'll get you a Greyhound ticket. And I'll have to deal with the shitstorm you created back in town. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm gonna use your name, yeah. Well, we all know any murder in town, <laughs> Kron's getting picked up for it. Mm-hmm. I get pulled in. You talk a suspect. You talk a big game there, Cracky Cron. (laughs) Just say the line, Cron. Give me the fucking keys, you fucking cocksucker. 
Give me the fucking keys. <laughs> Give me the fucking keys. No, I'm Baldwin. <laughs> there is no darkness in light. You, you could take. There is no I, darkness. Say the line. Obviously, Bones is spacey. I'm. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Give me the fucking keys, you cockasaga. <laughs> Now, the adaptation. Do the verbal, Kim. The movie. We're moving on. We're talking about The Outsiders. Had you guys seen the movie? Did you you watch it in lieu of uh, Catcher in the Rye, Dan? If the class picked Catcher in the Rye, were you allowed to? Did they also show Outsiders? I think Outsiders was something that was always on, like, TBS, so... So you've seen pieces of it? No, I've... I don't, I don't know. I know I've seen it. But I I always remember it being on, like, television. You're not a Coppola completist? I can't... Uh, I can't say that I've seen his... early 2000s stuff. Twix, Youth Without Youth... Um, he made the Twix movie. Yeah, Twixed. Will Arnett's in the commercial. Yeah, <laughs> left or right, you know, it's a whole war. It's kind of like The Outsiders. Uh, no, I'm not a completionist though. Cron Outsiders, favorite movie yeah. ever? No, I mean I'm pretty sure I saw this in eighth grade and probably didn't see it again until now. Any connection to the material? Between either of you? I mean, I thought it was a cool book whenever we read it. Like, it seemed it seemed more adult than the normal kind of shit that they were, you know, having us read at the time. Yeah. So did this... You, go ahead. Did you get anything from what an educator's mindset was for teaching this book? Uh, well, is, what I, is it the author's like way that she writes or is it the themes? I, I don't know. I, I said can, I didn't have the lessons. Yeah. So. I can tell you that this is one of those where I just bullshitted and didn't really read the book. I could skim sort of really quick and pick out things and then I would kind of flub the tests. I was not a strong reader in school. I didn't have that desire to read the stuff that they were telling us to read. I'd much rather watch TV when I got home. And then when we watched this movie, it connected to me. I was like, oh, shit, this is fucking cool. This isn't like the other lame stuff that they're making us watch. So I did go back and I read the book after that. And then this week, I listened to the audiobook. It's quick. I think it's it's less than eight hours. So I knocked it out pretty quick. So I do have some of those differences keyed up. If we if you have any questions, maybe I can kind of fill in those gaps because listener, we did we watched the theatrical version, not the recently released complete novel version that was recut. It was thirty um, minutes added. Yeah, it's quite a bit. 
It's and weird they shot all the scenes just within the last couple of years, though. All the additional stuff. Like, the all the guys look way too old. Around. Everybody but Cruz, man. Yeah. Yeah, he looks pretty close. It is weird to see old teeth, Tom Cruise. He's getting some kind of thing with his face now, too. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's, it's looking off. This last round of publicity for uh, Mission Impossible was like, yeah, it's catching up to him. And now that they just pushed the next one. He's like, fuck. He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I, I don't believe that. I mean, nothing says they're not doing the Vin Diesel sort of digital cleanup. We'll see. I mean, uh, it would have it been cool to just get an old man, Ethan Hunt, at some point, though. If he had just kind of aged naturally. Well, that's what they were trying to do with Ghost Protocol by bringing in Jeremy Renner. Yeah, I can so, see that. All right, what are your uh, big takeaways watching The Outsiders this week? It's just fun doing shit with your boys, dude. I mean, <laughs> getting into scraps, fucking hitting up the movie theater, being a little... A little saucy with the ladies. Yeah, I mean, I never had a a friend group or a gang that was this tight when I was this young. You know, I was gonna say we need to have each other's back, no I matter think, what. I think we do. We talk, we said we'd put you on a bus, dude. Mm-hmm. All right. Now either admit to whatever the fuck you did. We're getting you a steerage class seat, though. <laughs> You're not setting it up at the front, dude. Why do we? Why is there always suffering? Because you it's, fucked up. You did something bad. I, I got to live with it for the rest of my life. At least give me a, a decent seat. We're getting you out of town. Doesn't that count for something to you? Like, what would be the order... If you if something went wrong, who are you calling first, Karan? If something went really wrong? Yeah. I'm grabbing my go bag and getting in my truck, dude. And 30 seconds? Yeah. No one will ever hear from me again. Are you showing up at our house? You guys don't even have a go bag. I got a go bag. You don't have a go bag, dude. I got a deposit on an, an apartment. I'm not running. I'm standing my ground, dude. That's dumb. Fuck, come at me, bro. I got a, dude, I got a separate passport. I got yeah. licenses. I'm going out, stand, sitting in my own fucking house. Come and get me, fool. Come and take it. Mm-hmm. Guys. Yeah. Rate my letterboxed. All right. Uh. Bones. This Outsiders movie is from 1983, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. It's sitting at a 3.6 for the user review on Letterboxd at the moment. I am giving you... I'm going to give you a 4.5. Hmm... I, it's between four and four point five, right? With bones, uh, 
I'm going to be here with LD. I'm going to give you a 4.5. All right. This, this seems like a secret bones backdoor five star banger that he's he read, just going to, he read the book. Yeah. He's just going to give it a 4.5 and then. And it's got Tom Cruise in it. Is this our first Tom Cruise movie? Jack Reacher, five-star banger. Oh, shit. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Second Tom Cruise movie. Speaking of hopping on a bus, that's locked in. Initial thoughts on this thing. I asked your takeaways. I think maybe you guys were hesitant because we hadn't locked me in yet. But let's, I mean, let's chat. I do think it's better than I remember the movie being. Like, it kind of has a good flow. Uh I mean, I've not seen the extended cut, but I think an hour and a half is good on this thing. Um, I do think it's weird that they show this to young children because it is kind of depressing and it's a little rapey and it's pretty for like school. It's violent. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like a weird blend of adult stuff that. I, like, I don't know why they picked this book. I'm sure there's a school somewhere that's, like, still teaching the outsiders. It's just an odd choice to be like, watch this sad shit about a kid that dies. You think teachers got pissed whenever he came out with the novel <laughs> cut, complete novel cut? They're like, God damn it. What, like they could have used that 20 years ago? No, there's like they're gonna know the questions now because they're just gonna go watch the movie, and now he did the complete novel cut, and now they're gonna know all the fucking answers. So I'm sure there's like pick different pick different books then. If you're worried about that, change your curriculum where it's not. You're not covering stuff that has an adaptation of it. Yeah, throw down Infinite Jest and let those kids go to town. Yeah, man. Any answers correct. Damn it. PTA made inherent vice. We can't read that now. Hey, you guys might be watching that next week. Yeah, doubt it. Um Kron, to your point about like the violence and some of the behaviors, I do think there is a theme of consequence. Right? Not to say that, you know, every it's one for one, every bad person gets something, but um there's there's some forgiveness involved, but for the most part, the the characters that stand out as the worst do have bad outcomes. Do you think Johnny is the worst Johnny gets it worse than anybody? <laughs> well, Johnny's it, depressing and he does sort of in a way redeem seems a little harsh because he, he pays an even greater price. Right. But there's a, the clarity that he gets before he dies is at least, you know, there's some peace in that. And that's what he's he's at least trying to he does something with it by writing the letter, you know. 
He only kills... He Okay, fucking spoilers for The Outsiders if you fucking did what I did and didn't read it or, or watch it. So, basic premise. Uh, I think it's Oklahoma City is where it's set. Uh, we've got... Tulsa. Tulsa, thank you. Two, two major factions. The Socias, which are the rich kids, and the Greasers, which are the blue-collar, poor, wrong-side-of-the-tracks kids. Um, our f- main character is Pony Boy. His best friend, Johnny, they get into a tiff. Pony Boy is being drowned. Johnny kills the main assailant, and they go on the lam. They come back, um, or they're on their way back to turn themselves in after knowing that uh, there are some people that will come to their defense saying it was self-defense. The church that they're hiding out in is lit a flame caused by them. And there's also a school field trip at the time. Some children are trapped inside this church. The field trip is to an old abandoned church? (laughs) Yeah. Why? (laughs) Maybe it's a fame. I don't know. It's a pick. I don't know. I don't know. That seems fucking weird, dude. Anyway, they save all the children from this fire, but in doing so, Johnny, the they don't have a they don't have a Dave and Buster's in town. That not in Tulsa. It's the fucking fifties, dude. They hadn't figured out cool shit like that yet. Tulsa's up 60s. on Discord. Let us know yeah. if you got a D and B down there. Anyway, Johnny uh, dies from his wounds that he, he basically the church falls on him. The roof collapses. His back is broken, and he's burnt like 40% of his body. He dies. There is a massive rumble, which is a little bit of uh, somewhat of a retaliation from the Socias, having lost one of their main guys. Our greasers win said rumble, but the guy who is sort of the is Johnny's main mentor loses it and commits suicide by cop on the night that Johnny dies. And that's it. That's the outsiders. Um, I don't know. Karma seems too spiritual of a word, but I do feel like there's some, there's some thematic, we've talked about it. There's a little bit of you, you're more than your hand that you're dealt. Johnny was suicidal. No, he's not. He's just trying to save those kids. No, Johnny said multiple times that he wanted to kill himself. Yeah, but I think even in his speech, he's like, you know, I I used to say that all the time, but I I never really meant it, you know? Well, yeah, now because of what has happened to him. So he realized he wanted to live. Well, he didn't have the emotional faculty to deal with the fact that his parents are pieces of shit that fight constantly, beat the shit out of them, and and have a toxic home life. So you couldn't relate to that when you were 13 to 16? You couldn't think like, why why don't I just fucking kill myself? Fuck this. If this is what life's going to be the rest of my life, it's not worth it. Uh, Masturbation was too much fun at that age. Okay. Still is for some of us, Dan. <laughs> yeah, it still is. You think they let you crank if you're on death row? Oh, yeah. Have I to. mean, like one la- 
it's kind of like after your final meal, they look away for five minutes. I mean, this is America, man. Come on. Well, they they always know when the inmate is like, I want a real carb heavy and I want a lot of milk. They're like, you fucking perv. It doesn't work that way. But like, in did, their mind, they're want, like, I just want honey. What would you guys pick for my final meal? Yeah. The Bible. It's hardcore, dude. Eat eat the Bible one page at a time. There was a guy on death row who ate the Bible for his last meal. He was such a hardcore, like, atheist. (laughs) I was like, I'll I'll throw into your fund me. For your family, I don't know. I'd want like uh, maybe something. Got to get that fourth meal, baby. Yeah, Taco Bell, maybe, maybe a black bean crunch wrap. Just so you're just filled with fucking. Yeah, make vile them shit. make them deal with Remember? it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe just a big batch of summer chili, just nice and runny. I think if I was going electric chair, I'd try to get like two pounds of unpopped popcorn kernels. <laughs> See if it worked. Hell yeah, dude. Don't wet that sponge, bro. Just fucking blow up and <laughs> shit. <laughs> I'm like, you right. a funny you, motherfucker, you man. Guys, you guys don't seem um, too into this, so... Why don't we go ahead and <laughs> this take is the a, show bones? I know, but the energy is I don't know. Uh let's just go we're gonna take a break here and then we'll come back and we will rip through the plot on the outsiders, Francis Ford Coppola's adaptation, the Essie Hinton literary high school classic. Welcome back. We're talking Outsiders, 1983. Francis, fancy Ford Coppola's. Yeah. Car, carpooler. Kind of previously on the show uh, with a previous Bones pick of Supernova. And then I think he might have... <laughs> oh, fuck. Might have been involved in something else, Dan. Or attached to something else, I thought. Gone with the Pope because it's so... Gangstery. Maybe produced something that we yeah. covered. Uh, well, Gone with Produces the Wind a is a uh, heavily referenced say, involved. It's I mean, it's it's a literal like plot point of the Outsiders, and I can't tell you how many times I almost typed Gone with the Pope <laughs> while doing this plot breakdown. Anyway, we start off. If I was dying, I'd pick a better book. I mean. Yeah. Well, maybe in a way you're like, give me a real long ass book because God wouldn't let me die without finishing this, right? Like, give me War and Peace or something. Infinite Jest. (laughs) Shit. How'd you guys know I'm picking War and Peace next week? Pony Boy. He ponders at his desk. His hair's all blonde. 
He starts writing. When I stepped out into the bright sunlight. QR credit scene, a beautiful Stevie Wonder song. Stay gold. Classic old Hollywood sets and lights. We open. We're back. We see Matt Dillon, who's playing Dallas. He's chilling on a street corner. Lights a cig. Looks pretty cool. Two younger toughs come up. It's Pony Boy again. Is that the same guy from uh, Something About Mary? Yes, it is. Yes, Karan. It's a beautiful film. Beautiful looking film. Something About Mary? No. The Outsiders. The Outsiders. When they show that the bean is above the frank, dude. I knew knew you were saying, I'm going to say that. I fucking lose it, dude. I've only seen that movie one time. And I've I've turned it on again and I'm like, I can't do this. It's just not how did I make it through this movie the first time? It's terrible. It's horrid. Does not like, hold up. I feel like that's one I would just catch in in chunks on, you know, T and T in the afternoon. That was a really awkward watch with my family. Did you guys go to the theater together? No, we rented it because it was, you know, it was such a hot movie. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. Everybody loved it, you know. And then you got we got to the bathroom. The opening scene, you're like, oh, this is pretty funny. This isn't that bad. You can kind of relate. You're 13 or 14 years old whenever it came out. And then you get to the beat-off scene, and you're like, this is, this is worse than a fucking sex scene. And then you're like, now I can really relate to this movie. <laughs> well, I didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, whatever. Sure. No. So, oh, should I try it with my left hand? Fucking I was slicking my Zodiac hair back over years here after that movie. <laughs> you mean your hair was sticking straight up for years? Well, I got a good swoop going. <laughs> so two younger toughs show up. It's Pony Boy, but his hair isn't blonde. What the hell's going on here? And then a young little karate kid, Ralph Macchio. He's playing Johnny. Uh, Pony Boy is uh, C. Thomas Howell, by the way. Yes. These dudes meet up. They ask Dallas or Dally, what are we getting into? He says, uh, nothing legal. They got some time before their plan, so they meander around the city. They uh, does, stop by another greaser grain. What? Does Dallas seem like... I guess when I was in eighth grade, I was like, oh, that's the cool guy. And watching it now, I'm like, this guy's the biggest fucking loser of the group. Like, yeah. he can't let go of... He's still he's doing like 14-year-old shit. Yeah. Um. They don't talk about it much at, at all, I think, in this version of the movie, but um, they they mentioned that he was in New York for a while. He's in and out of jail. He did spend some time in like actual jail. He's there in Oklahoma because he is a an aspiring um, rodeo rider. Really? Yeah. And then... Um, <sighs> Tom Waits, who's in a scene and gets credited, 
Uh, and the complete novel version, I'm assuming there's more with him. He plays Buck. He's like a rodeo dude who's kind of his mentor. But Buck's kind of a dick. They mention guys, a lot. You guys like his music? Tom Waits? Yeah. I never really got into it. I, I legitimately know him more as an actor than as a musician. It's 50-50 with me. Some of yeah. stuff's pretty good, and then some of it's like, yeah, I'm not into this. It's like the inverse of me with David Lynch. Like, I like David Lynch's music. I haven't seen a ton of his movies. I feel like with Tom Waits, it's like I like the idea of what he's doing, and then if I put on an album by, like, four songs in, I'm like, I wonder what else I haven't, like, what else, what other music I could be listening to right now. <laughs> I have countless ones like that, though. The Who, Paul Simon, you know, all these these artists or bands that are supposed to be, you know, super influential or whatever. I just can't connect to. Rolling I Stones, do, you know. I'm, okay, cool. I do like some of his stuff. It's just kind of, I don't know. It ends up being all the same thing all the time. And then I'm like, all right, we got to switch <laughs> it up the, here a little bit. He's on the Dylan level with me. Like, I'm not huge into Dylan. Yeah. And Waits is kind of that same, like, fan base almost. Like, it's like, I get it, but I'm not paying to see the guy. Yeah. I I don't want him in my algorithm. Yeah. You know. There's a few songs I'm like, all right, cool. Actually, Dylan, I believe, like... Tons of other artists have done way better versions of what he's made. Don't fucking so that's me, please. that's something, right? Yeah, I mean, you got to give credit where credits due. Yeah, he starts the seed, and then somebody else makes it good. It's a vital role to play. I'm not a Rush fan, but I understand that Rush is important to Canadian musical history and Canadian <laughs> to Canada. history. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not buying a T-shirt. Well, sorry, sorry, you don't like Russia. Yeah? Is that Canadian Quran? There's no oh, wrong sorry. side of the tracks up in Canada, huh? No, just one track. Yeah. Oh. Everybody gets along up there. Everybody's like a Sosha, right? Everybody's a Sosha, but dresses like a greaser. Now, are they putting, like, what does he mean by get the grease out of my hair? They think literally they, grease their hair? Yeah, they're greasing like, up, dude. What kind of grease? The same as in Greasy Strangler. I don't know. I think, I assume it's some sort of... Is it actual hair shit? Yeah. It's like a... Thick-ass pomade or something. Yeah, I like don't pomade. Know. All right. Yeah. I'm it's wet it's wet look pomade. <laughs> so Dally leads these two around the city a little bit. They stop off, they see Steve and Soda Pop at the local DX gas station. Then they uh run through a back lot where they fuck with some little kids. And as the it's, sun starts to set Does Soda Pop do anything in the book? In this movie specifically, it seems like he just works at the gas station and he could he could like not even live at the house that they all hang out in. 
Uh, He's just got like a job and shit. Soda is very important in the book. There's a massive uh, subplot cut from this cut of the movie. Yeah. Is it a Vietnam subplot? Uh, the main thing is he is dealing with a relationship, like a girlfriend that he wants to marry, who is from she a better a baby, a better family. And Did she get pregnant. I think that's implied. It might actually be in there because. So, what you find out is the week that. Johnny and um, Ponyboy are on the run. He is not only dealing with like the stress of where his brother is, but he's also dealing with like uh, trying to track down this girl because she moves to Florida. And then later in the story, grandparents, yeah. they get uh, he gets a returned letter. He's like freaking out about the mail. Like, did we get the mail? Did we get the mail? And he gets a letter. Like, oh my it, god. Oh my god! Um, and then there's a there's a big breakdown scene uh, with the three brothers where he basically admits, like, "Hey, it's tough to be in the middle of this because he is the bridge between Derry and uh, Pony Boy because he he him being the middle child, he he's kind of trying to play peacemaker all the time." So he's still in Tulsa when the book ends. Yes, I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because Essie Hinton did say that he gets drafted and he dies in Vietnam. I think that was her. What she was getting him. to. Okay. Yeah, I think that's at the end of the movie when it it's like it goes to a freeze frame, and then at the bottom of the screen it tells you what happened to all the outsiders. Yeah, it's like the end of Animal House. <laughs> he was killed by his own troops. Friendly <laughs> fire. That's how the is it Niedermeyer? I think that in uh, <laughs> at the end of Animal House, like that's what his card says. Like he was a lieutenant in the army, and he was murdered by his own platoon for being such an asshole. Uh so forgive me. I am trying to re- like the the big thing at the end of the book. So where this movie ends, there's still another third of the book. Um, and and we'll and we'll get there. I'll try to remember to to throw that in. So the sun is finally going down, and we see what their actual plans are. They're going to the fucking drive-in, but they ain't driving in. They're sneaking in through the fence. Hell yeah! Yeah. In the book, he talks about we could have afforded it. It was very inexpensive. It's super cheap to go watch like three movies but it was just their way to sneak in it always made it feel more exciting there's a lot of elements in it of like stealing and things like this they just get a rise out of everybody so uh, they go and they sit down in like the pedestrian area like the section of seats for people that do walk in who don't come in a car I guess there's just like a loudspeaker over there that will play the audio from the movie yeah if you go to one now it's like all through your car radio and shit uh i I guess there's got to be some like if you go to concessions or something i will say the one that i just went to it had both you can do it through your car or it has old school oh shit little speakers 
the only one I've ever been to, it's like all, you got to bring a boom box or just have your car on the whole time. And it, it actually made it kind of annoying. We actually had to turn the car radio up because there was just like a microsecond delay and it kind of echoed. So once we sort of turned it up, I think I actually backed or I pulled the car forward a little bit more and turned it up a little bit more than would have been ideal. So. All right, they sit down. They sit behind. push you around. A pretty hot redhead. And like her friend. She, I guess she's pretty cute too. Oh my and, God, uh, dude. Diane Lane. Diane Lane. Yeah, 100%. Unreal. And how good this woman looks. And Dallas feels the same way. He's immediately infatuated with her. Starts harassing the shit out of her, asking her stuff like, are you red all over? Does everything match? How do I find out? And she is not putting up with a shit. She calls him a greaser asshole. They push back and forth. Um, important here too, like we're cut around, we see Emilio Estevez also doing some harassment. Uh, we haven't met him yet, but he's just out and around the drive-in. So well, I think the, I mean, the you got going here, man. The socias were also doing some harassment of Diane Lane because that's why she gets out of there. She was like in a car and then she's sure. like, fuck you. Yeah. There's a, we kind of in one shot of the boys walking where they sort of snuck in and they go to their seats as we pass by, we see a Sosha Mustang and uh, Bob and Randy are fighting with their respective girlfriends because they want to sit and drink and the girls don't want to be involved. And these girls are Cherry and Marsha. That's what prompts them to go sit in this pedestrian area. Real tension between Dylan and Lane there while shooting. Oh, is he like a scumbag to her a little set. too rough she was just young and he was just getting into the character and i guess she didn't appreciate that so there was tension well he he's definitely trying to be a brando here right he's i assume i get the vibe that he was probably dressing and acting this character even offset you know I don't know yeah, how know effective he is, but he's he's definitely trying. Coppola really pushed for relationships while filming all of this. So he wanted Swayze and all the brothers to spend the night in the house together and cook and all that. He wanted Dylan to spend the night in jail. And I guess Dylan was like, nah, man, I'm not doing that. So you've kind of... Wussy. I think the... The scripts, he gave the Soches like a nice script. He gave all the greasers like a shitty ass, like torn up version just so they felt the parts. That's kind of cool. All right. So there's some back and forth with Cherry and Dally. He kind of, he fucks off, goes and gets some more concessions, trying to make amends. Two bit is Emilio Estevez. He comes over and, and hangs out. And. Dally comes back. He decides, oh, I'm going to actually sit next to Cherry, kind of gives her a soda. Let me make up for it. She dumps the fucking soda on him. He starts fucking with her back, and finally Johnny stands up for Cherry, and he's like, all right, Dally, that's enough. Cut it out, which is a huge- She gives him some shit, though. Oh, she holds her own. She holds her own, 
and hands off hood. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. So Dally's finally like, well, fuck this. Fuck you guys too. I'm out. He bails. Cherry and Marsha, they ask, hey, why don't you come up and sit next to us? You, you nice, you nice greaser boys. In this conversation, it's back and forth. Like, what's your name? My name's Pony Boy. Is that your actual name? Yes, that is my legal name. My dad was a fucking weirdo. I also have a brother named Soda Pop. And they light up. Oh, we know Soda Pop. He's like the cutest boy in fucking school. When he was in school, because he dropped out to go work full time at the gas station. Yeah, he runs the Texaco. I mean. Yep. Him and Steve, man, running the DX. Cherry wants to go get some more popcorn. She invites Pony Boy so they can keep talking. They walk through the snack bar and... Major thing cut from the book is how protective 2-Bit is of these two. So in the book, 2-Bit is a little bit older. Um, they describe him as having like massive sideburns. He is a, he's like a perpetual thief. He just fucking takes anything he can. He gets a rise out of it. Uh, he has a super expensive uh, switchblade that he likes to show off that he... He, it took him like two hours to figure out how to steal this thing. But he is very protective of the boys and is sort of like he's sort of knighted by Derry to kind of look out for him. And we see a little bit of this because when Pony Boy and Cherry get up to go to the snack bar, two bits like, hey, I'm, I'm buying also get something for Johnny. He looks out for Johnny quite a bit. So inside the snack bar, Pony Boy and Cherry, they, they're chatting some more. Cherry's immediately kind of into Pony Boy, respects that he's more than just a hood. And he he has his fair share of like back and forth, like, you know, we're not all like this. Like, I, I do like to read. I do well in school, blah, blah, blah. He, he kind of just gets moved up because he's not a piece of shit. Like yeah, the, the bar is very low. Yeah, his yeah, main quality is that... Yeah, he's not Dallas. Yeah. So. Um, and a big takeaway from the snack bar conversation is she asks, like, why is Johnny so jumpy and why is he scarred up? And Pony Boy mentions that Johnny was just recently jumped by a group of socias and one of them had a lot of rings. And in the book, it's a very tense um, explanation of him being jumped and the way that uh, Derry and Soda Pop kind of help Johnny to try to like, you know, like it's kind of touch and go there for a second. He like, he truly does get the absolute shit kicked out of him. So he's been jumpy for the last week. They come back out. Uh, we see, is it, is it the same reader as heat too? No, thank God. hoping he'd say like they beat him raw yeah it's was i was trying to see what the next thing in my notes were um <laughs> pony boy also meant uh mentions his older brother daryl who basically says uh you know he fucking hates me uh, ever since my parents died he's kind of taken over and i think he wishes he had nothing to do with me but do you think that the dad was like, well, I got to name my first kid a real name. And then after that, he was like, oh, shit, I can name. I can pick anything. I can write whatever on here. Free reign. Mm-hmm. 
So they come back out. They sit uh, with 2-Bit. And at this point, 2-Bit and Marsha are kind of like hitting it off. Johnny's kind of keeping it to himself. And uh, another greaser comes by, named Tim Shepard, who is an interesting character in the book. He kind of looms over. So Tim Shepard is... The greasers are like the overall gang, but there's little cliques inside of that. So our outsiders are pretty much a clique of the greasers. There's different cliques. And Tim Shepard is kind of like the dairy of another clique. And he's looking for Dally because he's pretty sure Dally's the one that fucked with his car. <laughs> and Two Bit and Johnny are like, no, we haven't seen him. He's not around here because Tim Shepard's like a real hardcore badass. I do like that they say that Tim will be a fair fight and hopefully that uh, Dally doesn't have a switchblade or anything. Yeah, that's exactly what Tubit says. Like when Tim leaves, he's like, did well, fucking did Dally have a blade on him? And they're like, I don't think so. And he's like, good, because Tim will fight fair if not. Like Tim will beat the shit out of him, but he won't fucking kill yeah. him. I like uh, that little detail. Of- mm-hmm. So one of my favorite things in the book is they mention... Ponyboy mentions that as as much of a dick as Derry is, he is just being protective and he doesn't know how to be a, a parental figure. But he's very much ingrained with his his crew and they have an open door policy at the house and they always have. So if Johnny needed to crash, he would come over and crash. Two bit had an okay home life, but he could just do whatever he would hang out all the time. Steve would just come in all the time. He says, hell, even one time we came home and Tim Shepard was sitting in our room or in our living room, just reading the newspaper, didn't say anything to us. And then he was gone in the morning. Like their house was just sort of this hub. And it's a, it's a cool feature in the book because every once in a while he'll mention that. I feel like they kind of have a scene like that in the movie. Kind of towards yeah. the end, yeah, where yeah. it's like they're they, all kind of hanging out at the house together. Yeah, before they all get ready for work. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, we'll mention that, like a big explanation of, of their breakfast uh, process at the Curtis household. So they leave the drive-in. As they're walking and, and still talking, cool Mustang shows up. And some fucking drunk ass socias get out. All the cars are pretty fucking sweet in this movie. Yeah, they're tough, dude. Mustangs are tough. I wouldn't say that, but what's well, just all those old cars that were like they got a V twelve engine in them. They cost two thousand dollars. <laughs> they're all steel. They're fucking. Yeah. They're death traps if you get hit by them. But well, there are no airbags, no fucking seatbelts, no nader bolts. But yeah, you, and, you, and you, you could smoke in them. You could fall asleep, run it into a tree, and not even feel it. Still drive home. Yeah, thirty minutes later. Well, yeah, if you're drunk, you're you don't tense up. That's why they fucking survive being tossed out of windshields and shit. All right, these these socias, these are Cherry and Marsha's boyfriends. And an important note here is that one of them has got a lot of fucking rings. And this makes Johnny real tense. So there's some fighting back and forth. Finally, Cherry's like, I just, we got to go with him. I'm sorry. And a real fucked up thing here, but I get her reasoning. She's like, hey, I like you, but if I don't say hi to you in school, it's no hard feelings. All right. 
Pony Boy's like, yeah, fuck it, fuck it. So they take off. That, doesn't that like wrap up middle school and high school though for a lot of people? Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and then you graduate and you talk to all these people and you're like, you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> I remember moving back to the States. I was so excited to play football. I had never lived in a place where I could play football. I was like, I want to try it. And the signups and everything were kind of before school started. You had like those summer practices kind of going into everything. And you kind of get to know some of the people. So the first day of school, I'm like, oh, I'm in class with this guy. Like maybe I'm going to like have a friend group that I can kind of get ingrained with. And it was just an immediate like, who the fuck are you? Like you fucking new kid. It's like, I just, you just beat the shit out of me for two weeks. Can't hang with us. It's brutal. Yeah. Then you got stuck with me and Dan. (laughs) Yeah. All right. They're walking home. I had to harass you for you to talk to me, Kron. Yeah. And finally you just gave in. I wasn't reaching out first. <laughs> you gotta wine and dine me a little bit, David. I mean, it paid off. Well, and we are legally married. I, I mean, I mean, Dan and I n- knew of each other. Dan thought I was a dickhead because I was f- friendly with a particular guy. But ultimately, it was like a mash of friend groups that Dan and I became close. And then, Kron, you were like four or five steps away. You know, mm. it's ultimately just the people that fell away from our friend group, and we were just the three that were still sending memes to each other. Yeah, yeah. All right, on their Here way back are. home, Johnny hears his podcast. Yeah, world class. Johnny hears his parents fighting, and he's like, "Fuck that! I'm not going in there. I'm just going to sleep in or hang out in the lot for a little bit." Pony boy goes with him. They light a fire. Dudes, if we all got on the same cul-de-sac, we could have a fucking lot in the middle. Like a couch. Well, there would have there would have to be like a a plot of land that no one built a house on. Yeah, I got a whole another acre we can put all kinds of shit on. My cul-de-sac is like house, 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 house. I mean it's pretty, I guess there's enough it's room pretty for tight. a couch. But it's that's pretty it. tight. I don't know. I've never been invited to Kronos. Well, put that as one Fuck. of the uh, the metrics in your fucking Zillow search, Dan, as you're looking for three homes in a cul-de-sac. I sent you one right next to me the other day. And there needs to be a big open lot. I couldn't believe Somewhere. the price. I could not believe the price of that house. The price. He's actually dropped it. He he wanted two fifty for it. I'm like, God you're fucking damn, idiot, bro. <laughs> He had it sold to a 79-year-old man, which I don't know why you're buying a fucking house at 79 years old. Got to die somewhere, dude. You got 21 years left, dude. (laughs) Just check into the home, bro. But, and he wouldn't fix any fucking thing on it because the other neighbors, the realtor who was going to sell it, so I know all the shit that's going on. And yeah, the the owner wouldn't fucking pay for shit so that the old guy was like, yeah, fuck you, I'm not buying it. Then he dropped the price again. And now he's going to have to fix it all anyway. <laughs> I'm like, you had it sold, bro. You're literally paying for a fucking house you're not living in. 
I I don't know. Maybe the math works out where he's like, no, for the price I'm moving it or trying to sell it for, it's not worth me. He overpaid. Okay. Like he jumped on it and overpaid. Oh, what if he listens to this podcast? Uh, he's gonna he's, fucking he, come for you, dude. You see the guy that like shit in your bathroom or your your kitchen <laughs> <the> kitchen floor? Uh, nobody shit in my kitchen. Okay. You said somebody shit on the floor of your kitchen. No, or- Van used to shit in kitchens when he would get shit faced while he was serving in the United States Marines. Shout out to Van. Semper Fi. <laughs> and they give me some toilet paper. All right, they light a fire and they start lamenting with each other. They're like, "There's got to be some place out there without greasers, without socias, some place with regular people." Pony Boy says, "You know what? It's like that out in the country. You know, my old man used to take us out there, and he starts to dream, country silhouette, little family picnic." And then, bam, family car smashed by a train. Pony Boy's uh, awoken by a panicked Johnny. Hey, man, we both fell asleep. Shit, get home. I'm going home. Or no, Johnny says, I'm just going to fucking sleep here, but you got to go home or Derry's going to kick your ass. Pony Boy gets home. Cold as hell. Why would you pick to stay out there? It's brutal. Yeah. They have like, like each one of them has just like a wife beater on and jeans. It looks like it's 32 degrees outside. Well, it's the only jacket that Johnny has, the jean jacket. And oh, yeah, because there's a part earlier where I think Dallas is like, why didn't you bring a coat? And he's just like, oh, I forgot. But it's like, no, dude's just too poor to like well, have a coat, have well, a proper coat. Pony Boy in the book, I believe, mentions like he has a bad habit of doing that. Like he forgets that it's going to get colder at night. So him going mm. out in his like cut off sweatshirt, he's not thinking about it. Right. But it it is sort of a bummer that Johnny just doesn't go with him to Pony Boy's house and just crashes on the couch or on the floor. It, yeah. Temperature wise, yeah, substantially more comfortable. But Pony Boy gets home and Patrick Swayze is there and he's panicked as hell. Where the hell you been, boy? You know I can't call the fucking cops or they'll put your ass in a home. They got a little screaming match back and forth. And Roblo is soda pop. He kind of he's trying to kind of play peacemaker between the two. Derry, he's just fucking hyped up and he tells Soda Pop to shut up. And this makes Pony Boy even more mad. Says, "Hey, don't yell at him." And Derry turns around and sort of pushes Pony Boy down. He falls, gets up, runs out, goes and wakes up Johnny. Come on, we're running away. And they do run away. Like, they run about a block away. I feel like a guy who's like watching you and is going to go to a rumble with you. Really wouldn't be mad that if you slept outside till two in the morning. Maybe that's just the rule, though. Like you gotta, you gotta come home. It, yeah, but Derry doesn't know how to be a a proper authoritarian. He doesn't. He doesn't have that capacity, right? Like he's, he's still like part a of the game. Jody from from Phantasm. He just wants to get the fuck out of there. They can't. 
fuck around because if they get busted, there's a chance that they'll split them up because Soda and, and Ponyboy are so young, they may not say that, you know, Derry's suitable to be a guardian. I think that's the main concern. It's like if you keep fucking around. He is going to rumbles with them. <laughs> but he's there the whole, like, and again, that's the fucked up male brain. He doesn't know. Like, that's. He only like knows a, what he knows, right? That's like a family activity for them, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> and even still, and he is kind of hesitant in that. He's even like, I don't, I really don't know. He kind of has to be talked into it. But uh, Johnny and Ponyboy, they run about uh, a block away God, through the alley. Those were like a thing today. Weren't they kind of in high school? I feel like I never was at one, but I feel like you would hear about like, oh, these, at least like these two guys are going to fight and like they each bring six guys with them. You know what I mean? Well, you went to rock and roll high school. <laughs> I went to the same high school you went to. I mean, yeah, you, your dad is Joey Ramone. Like, I feel like people would be like, "Oh, we got into a scrap with the Lebanon kids." Maybe that just wasn't my scene. Well, I don't think it was mine, but I would hear about it. No, I mean, I just did all my ass kicking on the mat. <laughs> Dan did his on a car bed. I was ass kissing. I'm going to stand on the edge of this car bed and beat the shit out of some Lebanon kids. You guys don't stand on the side of the bed and... You said you stood on the edge of the bed. Those were your exact words. I I understand what you're saying. You're standing next to the bed. I do that sometimes, dude. I do like a lot of shit when I'm... (laughs) It's not just one thing. I, That's part of it. I sometimes. don't mean I don't mean to offend you, but it's so hard to imagine that. What are you talking about? It just it's <laughs> Thank you, Bo. <laughs> you know what I mean, That's right? It's laughing. it's like Do you keep the glasses on? <laughs> uh sometimes I mean it's just I don't I I don't know. Well you know he's got a smile on his face. So. You, know, you don't think I you don't think I could do more than one position? <laughs> I'm not saying that. No. no <laughs> That's exactly what you're saying. No, no. I'm not. I, I think you could do a few, but you just, you know, like you look at some people and you're like, no, 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 no. Oh, you got, you got no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> and that, we got yeah, that probably means at, that you're even more of a freak. I don't know. We got a guy at work that's like, that dude's done missionary his whole life. And he's not complaining. He's not changing. You just know, like, you see the guy and you're like, yep. I'm telling you, that's not me, dude. (laughs) I trust you. I do. I do. I'm doing shit in there. Don't send us anything. (laughs) I'm going to send you guys a sizzle reel. (laughs) I I think Danny's riff on Dan used to be, like, that Dan was the type that left his socks on. And we couldn't Hell ever, yeah. we couldn't break that imagery. Like once he said that, I was like, "Yes, one hundred percent." You don't need them toesies being getting coldies, baby. Yeah, you know, depends on the time of year, I guess. 
you leave them on in the summer for some you weird reason. You guys talk about this. I asked last week if you if anyone ever did it outside, and you said no. You're. I said yes. I. Yeah. That was a box set, dude. We were trying to get new listeners. I was trying to like ease into it, trying to like be professional. I'm, I'm doing shit inside, Give me outside. Give something to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> ease into I'm, this I, bullshit. I'm doing it the most out of the three of us. Shut the if fuck I'm, up. Shut, if I'm, shut if I'm, uh, the fuck getting up. it, it's wherever. You're not doing shit. <laughs> you guys got no idea what I'm up you to. Had, <laughs> you had six weeks of nothing. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I'm back now, baby. <laughs> I'll make it up for a lost time. Yeah. I've been there twice. They finally stopped. 12 weeks. They share a cigarette. Ponyboy says, you know what? Maybe if we just walk to the park, I'll cool off and I'll head back home. Maybe I'm just overreacting. Is anybody else like, geez, you guys are up way too fucking late? Like, goddamn. I am now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, go to bed. Just go to fucking bad guys. Yeah. Get a, I, I mean, get not f- me. I'm like, it's 2.30 in the morning. You should be fucking. I mean, what? <laughs> should be these standing. Are, these, these are prime fucking. On the edge hours. of that bed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Moon's out, cock's out. All right. I'll sleep when I'm dead. He's fucking I got fucking to do. Does that mean you don't have sex when the when it's a new moon and it's completely? No, I keep my socks on. Oh, okay. I always keep your socks on during new moon. No, you just I put a towel the, down. You just go for the Twilight movie as well. Towel. You just watch the sheets. <laughs> you don't do it on the bed, dipshit. <laughs> Look, everybody's got their red wings, okay? You go outside for that part of it. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't have a cleanup. Yeah, hold on, babe. I just got to spray out the deck. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking dogs licking it again. It's easier than making (laughs) a bed. You you better hope that you left the fucking uh, hose nozzle on shower. (laughs) You don't want to jet your balls. I just uh, put mine up for the season. Same. Got to winterize those pipes, baby. Yeah. I got the little covers. I got to go put those out there. It's going to be cold Saturday. I don't have to do it till Sunday. Yeah, you've got a little longer. We got to, I I put in one of those like 14 inch, not like goes all the way through the wall into the basement and it shuts off. So theoretically I wouldn't have to do anything, but I still, and then I, I put in a, uh, shut off too because after that bathroom pipe burst when we first moved into the house I'm terrified yeah it's a bummer that's brutal yeah be safe they get to the park Johnny's all excited because he found a cigarette butt on the ground they're trying to light it up hanging out on one of these playground pieces and a tough Mustang shows up fuck they must be looking for us Johnny asks if he wants to run Ponyboy says, no, this is our turf. Guys get out of the car. It is Bob and Randy again and a few other goons. I think they had the right idea. Like, I think you could play it off. I I mean, 
if you run, they're just instantly going to chase you. I don't think running is the name of the game, though. Like you're know. a greaser, you better stand there and uh, yeah. But yeah. I mean, if you run, shit. if you run, then they're like, we got more people than they do. I think you could have like played it better. Yeah, because this exchange here is really what puts Bob over the edge. So Bob and Randy are fucked up. Bob says, "You guys know what greasers are? Poor white trash with long greasy hair." You know what a Socha is? White trash with Mustangs and Madras. He spits it, Bob. This fucks him up. Bob and the goons take off. They start running him. They uh, they grab him pretty quick. They push Johnny out of the way, and then they grab Ponyboy, and they take him to the fountain at the center of the park start dunking him. They're drowning him. They are, they're pouring out their booze on him. They're laughing. They're having a fun time. It's and then, a normal Saturday night, baby, yeah. I don't know if it's the first, but it's one of many split diaper shots here, and we see Hell yeah, dude, they Johnny, all look good. Yeah, uh, we see Johnny pull out his, his switchblade from his back pocket, and then and, uh, Ponyboy's perspective being dunked, the fountain water starts to turn red. I like the way they do the effect. It's like they just kind of overlay it across the... It looks like somebody like colored over the film. Mm-hmm. It it has a fresh technicolor feel, you know. Mm-hmm. He was Coppola says that he was very inspired by Gone with the Wind, not just like he wanted to bring that sort of vibe, thematic and color, and everything to it. At the uh, hotel that the cast stayed at, they had a fountain, and supposedly the guys would recreate this scene multiple times and cause much chaos at the hotel. (laughs) Ponyboy wakes up. He's laying outside the fountain. Johnny's at his head, reclined up against the fountain. He's covered in blood, his knife even more so. Bob lays motionless a few feet away. I killed him. I killed that boy. He was going to kill you. I had to do it. Ponyboy's going to be sick. He gets up over to the merry-go-round. Vomits. I won't look at you. And it's good that he does it by the merry-go-round because statistically speaking, that like a merry-go-round in terms of like vomit density, right? Airplanes dorm room, bathrooms, merry-go-rounds. Those are the places people are fucking throwing up. I guess depending on where the merry-go-round is, because if it's in like a theme park, I feel like there's a lot more opportunity to throw up elsewhere. Well, and that's prime people still smelling that shit while they're playing on it. Just... Dan, have you often it? Dan, have you gone to a like a Six Flags recently? I don't think I could do it now. Like I think I would I think I would vomit if I got on a roller coaster. I went to Silver Dollar City in Tourist USA Branson, Missouri. And I got on a 
it's like a we've given away Branson and Lebanon on this episode. So l- listen for one more yeah. city there, listener, and you might be Tri- able to triangulate Dan's location. Might send me some some weird stuff in the mail. Um, and it was like a like a balloon that just kind of came up and down and went and it circled. I was like, yeah, I got this, and I got on it with uh, with the kid and. Yeah, we got up there, dude, and I was like, "Oh shit!" I was like, I'm, I'm not as young as I used to be. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't do that shit anymore. And and Rach at the time was pregnant, so she's like, "Yeah, I can't get on that shit." So I had to ride all the fucking rides. And God my daughter, damn, dude, my daughter has sat in the front row of the Screaming Eagle at Six Flags, so she's. Insane. She loves to go on the roller coasters. I'm like, fuck. I don't think I could do it, dude. Got a fucking headache and shit. I'm like, god damn it. Is there a beer here? I don't know. I I feel like you're kind of making the case that you're not trying fucking wild sex positions if you don't think you got the this different stomach dude. to ride. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not doing moving a fucking death sev- Yeah, I'm not moving at seventy miles an hour. The boys are in a panic. I'm doing shit. I'm doing shit. Boys are in an absolute panic, and they decide they got to run to the one person that they could trust in this type of situation. They head to a local bar where Dally is crashing. They quickly explain to him that Johnny killed a Soch, and he's immediately cool with this. He's like, all right, let me fucking get you an actual shirt, and here's 50 bucks, and here's a gun. And he very quickly tells them, all right, you're going to get the 315 to Windricksville. He tells them about an old church up on Jay Mountain. It's got a pump in the back so you don't have to worry about water. Get some food as soon as you get there before the story spreads. And I'll come up in a week when everything's cooled off. It's crazy that he just knows all the train schedules in town. <laughs> it's, it's like a dirtbag way though, right? Like I guess just, so. Man, that's mean, the train he came in on. Mm-hmm. We quickly see the duo hop the train, and then they cut to Windricksville, where they hike their way up to the church. They are exhausted. Now, mind you, this whole movie so far has taken place in less than like eight hours. There's a really funny part where it cuts to them when they first get to like the country where the church is, and I think Ponyboy has like a like a piece of straw in his mouth. Like they are instantly assimilating to. We, we're out in the woods now. Uh, in the book, they have to ask for directions, and I believe Johnny is the one that tells Pony Boy, "Like my skin is too dark. They won't think that I'm like a country boy. So you've got to do all the talking. So that might be a reference to that. Like he, they stop a farmer on a tractor." Mm-hmm. And he's the one that tells them where it's at. So, um, yeah, they get to this church. They walk around for a little bit, and then they immediately crash out on the floor and finally get some sleep. And we're going to take another break.
boy wakes up. He's imagining that he's back at home. Derry's making breakfast. Eventually, he's back in the real world. He's stuck in that church. And he sees a note left in the dust on the floor. Johnny returns with some bread and cold cuts, smokes, cards, peroxide, and a copy of Gone with the Wind. Ponyboy asks what the peroxide's about. Johnny convinces him that they get, they need to cut their hair and they're going to bleach Ponyboys. Why just Ponyboys? Johnny did the crime. Well, because Johnny's complexion, to bleach his hair, it would look pretty obvious that it's not natural. It doesn't look natural on the other guy. <laughs> He's got my eyebrows. I... Th- I think, uh, so they they do the haircuts with Johnny's fucking murder blade, which would be absolutely <laughs> awful. They do the peroxide. They cut to Ponyboy looking at his reflection in the, the pond in the back, and he's just super sad. Oh, yeah, this looks real tough. And quite honestly, I think it does look tougher. I think he looks more of a psycho. Mm-hmm. Than with his, yeah. his natural greased up hair. He looks like a guy on the run from something. <laughs> so, I think it looks more obvious. Yeah, yeah. Like Johnny that kid did something wrong. Johnny bought the copy of Gone with the Wind because he remembers that Pony Boy once said that he wanted to read it, and they thought it could be something to pass the time. And that's what they do. They spend the week hanging out. They try to catch a rabbit. They play some cards. Um, Pony Boy reads the book out loud to him. And they smoke a shit ton, and they eat a lot more bologna. It's a shitload of cigarettes. Yes. Like the bad cigarettes. That's like where four-fifths of their money went was smokes. I seen a guy today come out with a carton of smokes and like eight scratch-offs. Eagles? I was, I, was, I don't know what they were. I know it was a carton. It was $112. And I was just like... Dude just got paid. Like, <laughs> yep. Uh, big thing cut out. Uh, they they do a little bit of it, but in the book it's much deeper. So Johnny has like a real fascination with like the Southern um, officers in Gone with the Wind. He he think he's like impressed by like their chivalry and their politeness, and he mentions a lot that it reminds him of of Dally. And in this, you start to you start to uncover a lot more of the affection that Johnny has for Dallas. And Ponyboy admits in his narration that he's he's personally not a fan of Dallas. He thinks he's a little too much even for the greaser mentality. And he he's kind of confused on why Johnny appreciates him so much. One more or uh, one night while listening to Ponyboy read to him, Johnny passes out, and Ponyboy has to yell at him like, "Hey, man, watch your smoke." And then yeah, finally, old school cigarettes without that thing that makes them go out. Finally, it's been a week. They wake up one morning to it's all uh, better. It's better to smoke that way. You got like a danger element. Oh well, but it's like more pure the tobacco. I mean, they haven't sprayed it down with chemicals that stop it from burning. Shot in nineteen sixty-five. The cigarettes were better. The denim was fucking 
standing up straight. You mean set in 65? Yeah, it's supposed to take place in 65. Yeah. Sorry, you said shot in 65 and it confused the shit out of me for a second. I, I mean, well, I was pretty old. <laughs> yeah, he was, get, he was 65 when he made it, probably. If we could still get 65 cigarettes, I'd be, <laughs> be puffing away right now, dude. Are we just going to hit like 55 and start smoking cigarettes again? If I make it to 75, I'll start smoking again. You got to, you got to leave 65. Give your, give it 10. I could, I could meet in the middle at 70. I look every time I, do you, do you guys honestly believe that you'll make it to 70? I feel like I'm going to be one of those guys that's like, it doesn't bother me that I'm going to die. I get that. I'm going to be the dude that's like, yeah, 92. Like, fuck. God damn it. I don't think I'll make it that long. I think I'll make it just over 70. I think I'll die at like 72. Bounce? From a self-inflicted <laughs> Gotcha. That's that's my real big concern. Um, I don't know. I can see. I see a long, drawn out, painful cancer sort of process. Like, you know, that I'll inevitably get. Maybe I'll get lucky and the treatments will be better in the next decade or so. Or it's just one of those like heart explodes. Done. Bam. So I I don't know. I don't think I have any desire to be so old that my life is just sleep and TV, you know, where you're you're just sort of observing the world around you. Like when will it come? Yeah. I think I would rather just heart attack go, you know. I feel like I'll be the guy where everybody around me is suffering and I'll be like, yeah, like, yeah. Me. I think that I, th- I think looking at us, I think that's what it'll be. I think you'll be the one that just fucking lives on and you'll uh, yeah. be fucking ornery into your eighties and you'll just start grabbing titties and stuff and just be creepy old man. Mm-hmm. I'm probably S- still driving. Yeah, I'm going to get cancer, deal with it, beat it, and then it's going to come back. And And I feel like Kron's probably going to be the one that's just like, damn, dude, fucking heart exploded, you know? Yeah, I could easily see that happening. Yeah. Goes to sleep one night and just doesn't wake up. Oh, that's just a dream, right? Like, you'll get that death. Does that happen? I feel like you, I feel like the... You wake up, right? And you're like, well, my fucking heart hurts. I don't think some not, people do. Not really. It's more of like a gasping sort of, like when my grandmother went, my grandfather heard her because just because her body was like, but she was yeah. not remotely conscious. So I always, plus everybody has sleep apnea. So like, yeah. it's probably not think- helping either. In the back of my head when people are like, oh, he went peacefully in his sleep. It's like, did that guy wake up for a split second? Like, fucking shrieking and then 
That was it. Well, maybe the person lying next to them doesn't want to admit. He thrashed for 15 minutes, and I thought he was just having trouble getting to sleep. See, I think it's more like that, dude. When you hear died peacefully in their sleep, I think it's like a fucking... It's a cover-up. Is... Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, he he didn't die jerking off with a fucking belt around his neck, you know? <laughs> My wife is never going to know I'm dying over there. I am a goddamn Tasmanian devil just spinning <laughs> around in that bed every night. Sexually. Well, you need to get another race car bed. Another lady in there? And just put her, what, one on each side? Then you're just bouncing. Side by side? Bang, bang, bang. Vroom, vroom, dude. (laughs) They're watching the sunrise. Johnny joins uh, Pony Boy, and, and Johnny mentions, you know what? I never really noticed this stuff until I started hanging out with you, you know, the colors. It's, it's, it's nice. The, the purples and the, and the golds, the silver and the golds, you know, I never really noticed that stuff. Pony boy. I think I love you. I think I'm in love with you. Oh, that's where Dan got it. Yeah. And this, this prompts uh pony boy to recite something that he remembered. Nature's first green is gold, her hardest hue to hold, her early leaf's a flower, but only so an hour. Then leaf subsides to leaf, so Eden sank to grief. So dawn goes down to day, nothing gold can stay. Johnny's like, dude, that's what I was fucking thinking, man. What is that? Ponyboy's like, it's, it's Robert Hunter Frost. Hunter Thompson. He's like, uh, I always remembered it, but I didn't know what he meant by it, but I do now. Do you guys have a poem memorized? Could you do one poem from memory? There once was a man from Nantucket. (laughs) I don't think that one counts. That's a limerick, right? Do your boobs hang low? Can you tie them in a knot? Can you tie them in a bow? All right, so that's three no's. Maybe we should all try to memorize one poem. (laughs) We should. I don't know. It could be like something I say whenever I'm thrashing to death. There you go. Hello, my friend. We meet again. It's been a while. Where should we begin? Oh, Captain, my captain. If I recited a poem to you guys, you guys would be... You guys would throw a fucking empty beer bottle at me. Yeah, but secretly I would be like, fuck, dude. Dan just said all the shit I'm thinking about. (laughs) I would throw a beer bottle at you, though. I know. No man is an island entire to itself. Every man is a piece of a continent, a part of the main. If a clod be washed away by the sea, Europe is the less as well as if a promontory were, as well as if a manner of thy friends, or of thine own were. Any man's death diminishes me, because I am involved in mankind, and therefore never sin to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee.
All right, Dan, so that's one free beer bottle we can chuck at Bones the next time we're all in the same room. Um, I got one, two, three, four so far. Dally finally shows up. He tells him that the heat's subsided enough. He's got a letter for Ponyboy. It's from Soda. If you're a dreamer, come in. If you're a dreamer, a white, a wisher, a liar, a hoper, a prayer, a magic bean buyer. If you're a pretender, come sit by my fire. For we have some flat golden tells to spin. Come in. Come in. Seasons don't fear the reaper. <laughs> nor do the wind nor the sun or the rain. I get nothing for the creed and he fucking busts out Blue Oyster Cult. People know it, dude. I'm connecting. That was, I did Shal Silverstein. Like that the door was left cracked. I overheard the woman with a British accent speak to let it out. Why not as a woman a long way we have come, baby? Finger deep or a foot canal one suspect. Oh, finger deep, dude. Whoa, the canals. land of my doctor, she Pumped said. sexy as hell. Land of the loss, my head swelled at what I heard. Ever since I passed, I remember. The mascara around my brown eyes made me sore. The mirror back, then was my friend, I sigh, no more. Like those brown paper bags that hold fish. I won't forget what my mom said. Quiet child, if Da should over the next year here, be it a finger or a six-toed foot. Being not the first, the doctor said with a smile. Next to go in, I pulled out. It's the larger fish that gives up the best fight. An unnatural blonde with red hair. That's titled The Perfect Vagina by James McLean. <laughs> Pretty sure I did not write or read that in the correct meter. I apologize to James McLean for his acclaimed work entitled The Perfect Vagina. Scholar. You probably should move on before I go get the Charles Bukowski books. Oh, hell yeah. I'll really fucking kill myself. Oh, we should just do a fucking episode where we read his poetry. The world is a dead Christmas tree. (laughs) And I shoved my fingers in her cunt. All right, the letter that uh, Dally gives Pony Boys from Soda, he apologizes for Derry's slap. He says, hey, he didn't mean nothing by it, but uh, we miss you. Can you come back home and turn yourselves in? Dally says that he was pulled in by the local cops and that he lied about what he knew, saying that uh, from what he thought, he, he, he thought these two greasers were headed to Texas. All the greasers back home, they're all worked up. Two-Bit was even going to go to Texas to fucking look for him. That's how good uh, Dolly played this thing. So knowing that they're starving, Dolly, Dolly, yeah, Dolly, fucking elephant, melted clocks and shit. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Dallas takes them to Dairy Queen. Did you guys notice Sophia Coppola creeping them out, asking for a dime? I didn't know that was Sophia Coppola, but all right. So in this discussion, this. Fucking Dairy Queen parking lot. Dally's like, hey, you know, we, uh, we're we going to have a big-ass rumble with the Sochas tomorrow night. And also, we got a spy. 
you know, that girl Cherry, I think she was kind of into me. But anyway, she's feeding us some information. So, and one of the things that she said was that she's going to testify that you guys acted in self-defense. And this is enough for Johnny to go, well, then we're going back home because this isn't fair to Pony Boy. He's got family missing him. My parents don't give a shit. I should go back, turn myself in. Self-defense will be fine. Dallas is like, uh, no, I don't want you to end up like me. You got to stay out of jail. All right. I set you up in a nice place. This would all mean nothing if we go back and turn yourselves in. But they push on. But I guess they need to go back to the church to get what's left of the baloney cigarettes and the gone with the wind. It's a lot of cigarettes, man. Yeah. Because when they get back there, it's on fucking fire. Not only that, there's a school trip there. This church is on fire. One of the teachers starts screaming that some of the kids are missing. This fat teacher's like, ah, they're fine. She's ah, like, fuck them. No, you idiot. I think they're inside. And the well, priest said, you think we got time? <laughs> Dallas is like, all right, we got to get the fuck out of here. But Pony Boy and Johnny, they jump out of the fucking convertible. They run into the church. They start kicking it down or kicking their way in. They... Grab some of the kids. One of them bites Pony Boy while he's trying to save him. That's Dally the fuck, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Dally finally is like, all right, fuck it. And he gets to the window. They start passing the kids to Dally. He's getting them out. They get all the kids out. He starts screaming at him. Pony Boy just gets out, kind of catches a flame when he does. Dally has to was, throw him to the ground. Was there no, like... No one teaching what to do if a fire happens in 1965, because I don't think standing against the side of the building is the best strategy. The logic of, yeah, you don't want to be next to something that is flammable, but I guess also being in the middle of an old church on fire, you run the risk of the roof falling down, which is what it does to Johnny, right, as he's about to come out. But all these kids are just like, they're not moving. They're just like, I guess I'll fucking stand here and burn to death. Frozen in fear, Kron, in a fire. All right. If my house caught on fire right now, I think I would look for an exit. Yeah. You're in your 30s, bro. <laughs> this was one of the, like... If an animal instinctively knows to run out of a burning building... Oh, hot fire burn baby. So, yeah, you do have a point. Babies ain't squirrels, but, dude. They can't climb up walls. They can't look for little holes. They don't know. This is one of the things in the movie that you always knew happened in the movie, even though you didn't see the movie or read the book. Like, you always knew, like, oh, shit, there was a fire, and, like, one of the outsiders dies. Yeah. Diablo spoiler alert. So, anyway, Pony Boy gets out. Roof collapses on Johnny as he's trying to get out. Dallas jumps in. Goes after Johnny. Cut to back of an ambulance. The fat teacher who was like, eh, fuck those kids. He's riding with Pony Boy and he's like, dude, what are you, a fucking superhero? Pony Boy's like, no, I'm a greaser. This guy knows what this means, apparently. He's like, what? His fucking mind's blown. Piece of shit kid like you saving other kids? What the hell? I'm confused. Pony Boy's asking about- your morals from, boy. Yeah. Johnny and Dallas, they says uh, they're in the other ambulance. They're they're following us. They're fine. At the hospital, uh, fat teacher gives Pony Boy some shit for smoking. 
even though he himself is sitting right there smoking. It was nice of, of the hospital to like wipe off and like clean up Pony Boy, like all the soot and shit. Doesn't that teacher say like I've been smoking longer than you, so it's okay for me? Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah. He's basically saying like my recommendation is for you to not smoke because I smoke and it sucks, and I'm still smoking. Johnny and Dallas are, are wheeled by. Johnny is unconscious, and Dallas threatens Pony Boy. You ever do a dumb stunt like that again? I'll fucking kill you. Daryl and Soda show up. Once again, proving why Patrick Swayze is one of the best actors of all time, and he's sorely missed. He immediately breaks down in tears at the sight of his youngest brother. The three of them embrace. I thought we lost you like we did, Mom and Dad. They take Ponyboy home. The next morning, Ponyboy is making breakfast when 2-Bit and Steve show up. They toss Ponyboy around a little bit, makes him spill his eggs. He's all pissed. I would be too. Yeah. <laughs> he had just got him finished. Mm-hmm. Well, he kind of, he kind of like just tosses him through the house. Baby, I hear that Steve's are coming. <laughs> Who do we think is a standout performance in this movie? What is a boy to do? <laughs> Stigs all over stand, my face. The standout performance is it Dylan? Nah. Well, I think he's trying the hardest. I think Howell is pretty good carrying the material. The person that is doing it with absolute ease is Swayze. Um, I don't think he's got enough though. No, but he doesn't that's, have enough. That's of not the movie. his fault. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cruz is trying. Cruz is definitely. I think he actually auditioned for Dallas's part. I, I think feel, it was maybe three parts. Okay. Rob Lowe. The bummer is. I think I I joked last week that he was miscast. The problem is just they cut a lot of what you would want Rob Lowe to do. Um. I think I think I think Ralph Macchio is good. Yeah, who who plays Johnny? Say Macchio. Ralph Macchio. Macchio. Yeah, that's the standout performance in this movie to me. I do agree that Swayze is like the most just guy fucking showed up. He probably nailed it. Take one. <laughs> you know. Say Macchio, Dylan Swayze. You like Dylan? I think I think I like his performance. I'd maybe just switch those two. That's I'd go Swayze then Dylan. It's a hard performance to be the shit of a shit group. That is supposed to be a shit group, I guess. And he's the shit of the shit. Yeah. A a big difference is the narrative switch of the book to the movie. In the book you don't have a cutaway. Those cutaway scenes like you do in the movie where the focus is Dally, all of that information is secondhand. Like you don't see him rob the store. It's like through phone calls and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's a lot of cursory information. And you can tell that 
they feel like they need to pump as much of him in there for his death to mean something, like his relationship with Johnny. But if you cut all of those scenes with Johnny basically praising him, like there's there's no initial meet. It's just Dallas doesn't want Johnny to be like him. There's no real connection beforehand. But in terms of the performance, I think he just stands out to me as tr- doing. He's trying to be a Brando, and when he, he, everybody else is just trying to be kind of natural, like Emilio is like super. Like, I feel like the part coming up where he's just fucking riffing on the socias. That's like just Emilio riffing. So, I would put him in that Swayze category of just not even having to tr- try really. But we all well, agree, Machio best performance. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. Okay. The, hey, we agreed on something. Feels good. It, does, it doesn't happen often. A little beer for breakfast there, 2-Bit. Two 2-Bit two grabs a beer out of the fridge. Uh, did you guys notice the chocolate cake? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That is, want some. that is a Curtis family tradition. So they always have chocolate cake for breakfast. It's like a staple in their house. Like I don't know every why. Morning? Every morning, yeah. If they're if they're out of chocolate cake, soda pop will quickly make one the night before so they have one for breakfast. The I rule in their house is not do this. first one who wakes up makes breakfast, and then the other two have to clean up. Which is it's like a one of the few like traditional things that they have like structured in their house. And one of those is chocolate cake. I don't know. I mean, sausage and eggs or, you know, (laughs) seems more reasonable. I mean, you got biscuits, you got chocolate milk, throw that shit together. It's chocolate cake, right? I think my whole day would be fucked if I just ate a giant piece of chocolate cake in the morning. You guys, mm-hmm. are you guys familiar with that shithead's famous chocolate cake bit? That is great. Gives us chocolate cake. No. Okay, it won't I, blow I over don't that. Know what we don't, that is. We don't need to talk about him. All right. It's so in your algorithm. Dairy and soda. They got to go to work today. Two bit says that he'll uh, he'll keep an eye on on Pony Boy. Dairy's a little concerned. You know, hey, you've been through a lot. And uh, specifically, if you smoke more than a pack today, I'll skin you. <laughs> but the actual working men, they go off. And then 2-Bit and Pony Boy, they go to the hospital to see Johnny. They got to hitchhike their way there. Did you guys ever get up to a pack a day? Yeah. Damn. That's rough. I probably did a half pack a day. I was going to say, maybe a half. It wasn't for long. All right, on their way to the hospital, they're stopped by one of those tough Mustangs. Rules of the rumble mean that there can't be any jazz beforehand, so they're not too worried. But this is Randy, Bob's best friend, the deceased Bob's best friend, and he's there to talk with Ponyboy. Now, in the film, this scene makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, there's... That made sense. (laughs) Oh, well... In the book, the major thing here is Randy confessing to him, I'm not fighting. I'm not going to be in the rumble. I'm done with all this shit. Um, I, this was, it's kind of 
Randy kind of asking for forgiveness from Pony Boy. He basically says, Bob was a shithead. I totally agree, but he was my best friend, and there was a good side to him. And I wonder if they felt like they didn't need that because that's what Cherry goes on about later on. But it's it's ultimately stripped away. On yeah, my second my rewatch of this, rumble. like, what is this? Yeah, he pretty much says the rumble doesn't really even matter. Yeah, but I think that's the point of it. Is he's like, we're gonna do this shit because. That's what we're locked into. But he's kind of being like, you and me, like between the two of us, we know this shit is useless. Like it doesn't matter. You had this event that changed you. I had an event that changed me. But we're going to go through with it anyway. That's kind of the way I took it. Yeah. You pulling out him saying that I'm I'm not going to do it, I think changes it it'd be different if he showed up if he says like this is fucking stupid you and i are cool as cool as we can be and preemptively apologizing and then he showed up and kicked his ass it would make sense but this is it for him the rest of the movie plus not to and i will say they they try to do some of the i read about you in the paper how come why did you do that? I wouldn't have thought a greaser would have been able to do that, save those kids. And then he's like, he's like, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. There's like, he's trying to sort of connect to him, but I think it, it, it really falls flat for me. Anyway, so while he's he's in the Mustang talking with Randy, two bits kind of hanging out with the other fucking socias and ripping on their high water pants and. Shit like that. It's just Emilio riffing. It's kind of fun. They get to the hospital. Johnny's barely conscious. He can barely react to 2-Bit showing him off or showing off the story about them in the paper. And Johnny mentions Gone with the Wind, the book. And he says, yeah, 2-Bit's like, I'll go to the gift shop. I'll, I'll get him another copy. Kron, did you have this speech prepared? Your audition tape? No, is oh yeah, that's what that guy does from mm-hmm. the Mister Kubrick. Yeah, <laughs> not even on crutches. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. You want to know something, Pony Boy? I ain't gonna walk again. <laughs> I used to talk about killing myself all the time, man. I don't want to die now. It ain't long enough. Sixteen years ain't ain't gonna be long enough. Hell, I wouldn't mind it so much if there wasn't so much stuff I ain't done yet. So many damn things I ain't seen or nothing. It's not fair, you know what? That time when we were in Winterksville was the only time I've ever been away from our neighborhood. <laughs> Nurse comes in. Johnny, your mom's here. He's like, fuck that bitch. I don't want to see her. She's going to come in here and yell at me for causing all these problems. Get the fuck out of here. I don't want to see her. He starts screaming in agony. Nurse kicks two-bit pony boy out. So they go see Dallas. He's fucking shit talking to nurse. Get out of here. I don't, I'm tired of fucking looking at you. Get out of here. You're bothering me. They sort of hint at two bits theft because he the tosses nurse it. The here is S.E. Hinton. That's oh, the really? author of our, of our book here. Oh, that's yes. cool. Uh, yeah, two bit tosses him something and he's like, I, I swiped a little gift for you and Dallas just doesn't give a shit. Yeah, cool. And just sets it right down. 
Ask for a smoke. Ask about Johnny. They tell him he's not doing good. And uh, he mentions the rumble. He's like, I can't believe I'm going to miss the fucking rumble, man. It ain't no rumble without me. He asks for two bits blade. Now, in the book, he hides the blade underneath his uh, pillow. That's an old New Orleans tradition. Mm -hmm. Cut the pain in half. Mm -hmm. But in the movie, is he supposed to be like cutting his wrist a little bit? I didn't know if he was like trying to cut his medical bracelet off so he could sneak out. I think he's like cutting into his wrist, kind of like a he's pissed off and doesn't know what to do. I couldn't tell. I thought it was one of those two things. He's yeah. either like so worked up that he's cutting himself or he is trying to like, I'll cut these fucking tubes out and then we can go rumble. Yeah. But he says, yeah, you know, took it as he wanted to get out of there. Yeah. Yeah. But he says, we're going to get even with the socious man. We're going to get even with the man. We're going to do it for Johnny, man. Do it for Johnny. Outside the hospital, Ponyboy starting to get a little sick. Two bits like, all right, you better fucking keep this quiet, though, because Daryl's going to beat the shit out of me if he finds out that you fight in the rumble tonight and you're sick, okay? Then he mentions here, hey, by the way, the only reason your brother's a greaser is us. Like, he would be a Sosha otherwise, which is a massive thing in the book. He uh, had college scholarships. He was an incredible athlete, super smart. It was the death of the parents that ultimately kind of left him being anchored by his two brothers. So they take the, the bus back home. Along the way, they meet up with Cherry. She asks about uh, Johnny. Ponyboy's like she came back into the movie. <laughs> Personally. Yeah. She asks about Johnny. Ponyboy's like, why don't you go see him? She's like, I can't do that. He killed fucking Bob. He's like, well, we don't need your fucking charity then. She's like, it wasn't charity, you fucking idiot. Like, I, I can't go see him. You don't know how this shit works yet? Also, she mentions that the socials have agreed to the terms and there will be no weapons at the Rumble. We're talking skin on skin. Yeah, Classic. The way Can you see the sunset be. from the south side very good? You can see it from the north side, too. In the book, it's east-west. I don't know why they changed it to north-south. What, what's the fucking deal? Oklahoma thing, maybe. Well, I, Co- the east-west... has to orient himself to like how Sicily matches up with Italy and shit. Yeah, but the east-west thing kind of makes more thematic sense to the sunset, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're more in the east, the idea would be like you don't get to see it as good as the west side, right? But I don't know. And Kron... Coppola right now is going through a divorce. I hate the Godfather and Godfather Part Two. So this is his answer to that. Maybe he's just doing that so people will be like, "Godfather's great. You're great." It's mm-hmm. what made him, and he kind of wanted to get away from that. it. Yeah, it's like when I fish for compliments, like when I in our text messages, like I should quit the show. I suck on the you show, should. and you guys are like, "Yeah." yeah. And I keep coming back. At the house, the greasers, they're prepping for this rumble. Pulling me back in. They're playing cards. They're arm wrestling. Derry's doing some warm-up push-ups. Swayze looking absolutely shredded. He's questioning whether or not 
Pony Boy should be in the Rumble, given how sickly intense he is. But Soda, he goes to bat for him. He's like, come on, man. It's just skin on skin. Ain't nobody get hurt in a skin on skin Rumble. And the crew blast off. They head to the lot. Some other grease. I couldn't remember this movie. I kept thinking someone was going to bring a gun to the Rumble. (laughs) And you know what? Were you confusing the Warriors? Streets of Fire. If I had been in the Rumble, I would have brought a gun. (laughs) Some of the other greaser gangs, they're already there waiting. Uh, One of them, Tim Shepard, he's impressed with Pony Boy. Like, hey, you're you're that kid who fucking killed that Sosh, huh? Fucking hardcore. The Mustangs start to roll in. The biggest of the Soshas, he's uh, one of Daryl's oldest friends. He says, uh, I'll take you. Yeah, just like... Just like... Uh, Dally, like another fucking loser, gets out in his Letterman jacket, and he's like, "Hey, I know I'm eight years older than everyone here, but I'm de facto leader." Well, at least they fought each other. It wouldn't have been very fair if he took Pony Boy. Yeah, they're lucky Tom Waits didn't show up to the Rumble and <laughs> fucking start bossing everyone around. Don't you know Rumble ain't a Rumble without me? Dallas fucking runs in from the woods. Pony Boy gets sucker punched at this, and the rumble is on. And boys, does the rain start and the mud fucking flow? Swayze and Cruz look great. Soda and Daryl, they're doing what they can to hold on. Pony Boy's worked over a little bit, but eventually the Soshas, they start to run off. Victory. That first hit on Pony Boy was real. He did get knocked out. <laughs> Which I did. When I watched it, I was like, God damn, that looked like it looks. Hurt. It looks legit, yeah. In the in the book, it is it's Daryl who gets sucker punched. That guy pu- punches him. Yeah, I know there were multiple injuries when the Rumble was filmed. I think Cruz had to have some dental surgery after the day after. That's how he got those perfect teeth. Yeah, that sounds like a. He really hit me, so I can fix my teeth and blame it mm-hmm. on this. Yeah, do them all. Not he, just the one. He looks fucking good, man. When Cruz is like flexing in his cut off like denim garage uh, grease monkey vest, the arms look good, you know? This is his last supporting role until Magnolia in 1999. Damn. <laughs> That's insane. What a career. And then C. Thomas Howell went on to do Soul Man. I did look at his letterbox today, and I was like, you know, like, for being in this, and it didn't really rocket ship like I thought it would. Well, it's like- Because he does good. Hitcher? Yeah, he did Hitcher Hitcher, Soul Man, Outsiders. I mean, we're looking at- He might have been in some Star Wars or some shit. We're looking at that with, like, today's glasses on i mean you could have easily had this movie come out and 95 percent of the cast didn't go anywhere it's incredible that they all like excellent point, shot Ron. off excellent point they were all started i think this is rob lowe's first film yeah this is a movie of like it's all a star talent whoever like, cast this movie has to be the best casting agent of all time right yes like It, they threw a fucking perfect game casting I mean, this. Yeah, the fact that even Cruz is like, 
Cruz is like a C-tier actor in this movie. Yeah. And it's Tom Cruise. I mean. Dallas is Russian Pony Boy to the hospital. They got to see Johnny. They got to tell him that they won this fucking rumble. But Pony Boy's all beat to shit, and Dallas is speeding. Gets pulled over by a motorcycle cop. He uh, plays beat up. Dallas says, oh, this kid fell off his motorcycle. I'm taking him to the hospital. Pony Boy's performance is so good, the cop offers to give them an escort. They get to the fucking hospital in record time, man. Nice. They show up. Johnny is... Well... It's not doing good. Oh, sorry. I almost skipped this beautiful monologue here from Dallas that I got ready. I was crazy. You know that pony? I was crazy for wanting Johnny to stay out of trouble. If he was smart like me, he wouldn't be in this mess. If he was smart like me, he wouldn't have ran in that church, man. You better wise up, pony. You better wise up, man. You get tough like me and you don't get hurt. You watch out for yourself, and nothing could touch you, man. Bravo. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Did I ruin it by hitting the desk? No, I liked it. It'll come out in the edit. We'll see. (laughs) You get tough like me, and you don't get hurt. All right, they do see Johnny, but uh, they get there, and they tell him, hey, man, we beat those socias ass. And all Johnny can muster is, it's useless. Fighting ain't any good. This fucking pisses Dallas off. What the fuck are you talking about, fighting ain't any good? And with his last breath, Johnny whispers to Pony Boy, stay gold, Pony Boy. Stay gold. Dead. Dallas can't take it. He runs off, pulls a gun on the uh, EMT on the way out. Pony boy yeah, slowly makes his way it's home. It's awesome that you can just pull a gun and people are like, you're crazy, man. Yeah, I think the guy's like, you fucking kids. <laughs> Pony boy slowly, or slowly makes his way back to the house. Gets there. And the greasers, they're sharing their wounds. Pony boy comes in. He tells the gang that Johnny is dead. And also that Dally's gone. I think he's going to blow. We cut the Dally in our grocery store he's looking through some newspapers or some magazines store clerks like hey man you gonna buy anything what the hell Dallas starts fucking with him he starts ripping these magazines up you know if you do that you gotta pay for him Dallas comes up pulls his gun on the clerk don't do it oh my god don't fucking do it you fucking kids oh my god please don't fucking shoot blah 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 Dally makes him give all the money in the till he runs off to Clerk shoots at him. Dally gets to a phone. He calls the house. He tells the gang, hey, man, I fucking held up the store, all right? I need you to hide me. Meet me in the park, okay? When he hangs up the phone, we see that he was bleeding. Derry tells the rest of the group, hey, Dally's in trouble. We got to hide him. We got to get to the pork. Uh, the pork. Got to get to the pork, dude. Mm-hmm. Dally's running down the street. The cops are just slowly chasing him, OJ style, catching up to him at every intersection. They block him off. We're in the park. Ninja 3 style, these cops just surround him. Dally pulls out his unloaded gun, by the way. I forgot to mention that, that he mentions that it's unloaded. 
aims it at the cops, and they just fucking unload. Right. As the gang is running down the street, they see Dally just murdered in the park. They're screaming, he's just a kid. It's not loaded. Too late. Dally is done. Ponyboy sits in his room. He finds a note from Johnny and that copy of Gone with the Wind. All right, you ready for number three? Let's do it. Ponyboy, I asked the nurse to give you this book so you could finish it. It's worth saving those little kids. Their lives are worth more than mine. They have more to live for. Tell Dally it was worth it. I'm just going to miss you guys. I've been thinking about it. And that poem, that guy that wrote it, he meant your gold when you're a kid, like green. When you're a kid, everything is new. Dawn. It's just... Like the way you dig sunsets, pony. That's gold. Keep it that way. It's a good way to be. I want you to tell Dally to look at one. I don't think he's ever really seen a sunset. There's still a lot of good in the world. Tell Dally. I don't think he knows. Your buddy, Johnny. Ponyboy starts to write down his story. The end. Fuck. Kind of fucked did it, it get, up there. I fucked did it, it up. Did it get dusty? In it's in a room, different guys? font because I copy and pasted. Yeah, what? what a heartbreaker, dude. What'd you ask, Dan? Did it get dusty in any of your guys' rooms? Uh, you know what got me this time was Derry crying at the hospital. I think that mm-hmm. I, I mean I. No, no. I mean I was f- familiar enough with the story. You know, stay gold, pony boy. It's kind of a joke at this point, but was it when they showed him the newspaper article? When he cries, I think that's. I think, yeah. Or is it when it's to stay golden? I think it's the first time he's in the hospital where he's like kind of where they got to show him. Yeah. I think that was really, I was like, oh shit. Yeah. And he, he, can, he can barely breathe and shit and he starts to hack up. Yeah. Um, before you, we jump into further research, I would like to say, so the book, the narrative continues. Um, Pony Boy basically gets a massive concussion in the rumble. Like his head is beyond fucked up. So much, so much so that he starts to uh, lose track of reality and time. So he is not aware or he is telling himself that Johnny is not dead and that he was the one that stabbed Bob. So he is telling Soda and Daryl, like, Johnny's just gone. I'm the one who killed Bob. Why does everybody think that Johnny killed Bob? They have Ponyboy on bed rest from weeks. Randy comes by the house to apologize once again before I think he's leaving town. He's like, I'm done with this shit. He mentions Johnny and Bob. He starts to freak out again and say, why again, why does everybody think Johnny killed him? I'm the one that killed him. Daryl kicks Randy out. You come to find out that they're kind of like protecting him. 
bunch of cops come by the house, bunch of like uh, government, like uh, what's it, CIS, like child protective, CPS, child protective services people are in, interviewing him all the time. They do have to go to court. He's the last person to take the stand. Cherry, Randy, a bunch of other people testify that it was self-defense. Johnny killed him. He, in his head, is like, why are why are these people lying? He gets on the stand. They ask about his home life. He wants to talk about Johnny, but the judge purposely like does not. Then there's this whole subplot reveal of Soda and his chick. Ponyboy admits that okay the whole time I was like kind of I was like kind of dreaming like the way that I would dream before I was hoping that Johnny wasn't dead and that I was the one who killed him and blah 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 Soda reads his letter gets all sad runs away Daryl and Ponyboy run after him they're back in the park and then they have kind of like another bonding moment because uh, basically, oh, so the whole time he's like fucked up in the head, uh, he starts to fail math and English and all this stuff. And then he snaps out of it and says, all right, I'll try. And his English teacher says, I will pass you if you write an essay about something. And then after his little makeup with his brothers in the park, he decides, oh, this is what I'm going to write about. So that's what he's writing at the opening of this movie is he's writing this for a school report well, i know it's even more depressing yes than- <laughs> yeah and i know i i know i didn't do it justice for anybody that's super familiar with the material but it is really weird because when i looked down at the audiobook and the rumble happened i was like there's still half the book left um it does much more in terms of like building out the other characters, like Steve's home life, Two Bit's home life, um, the fascination of like Two Bit just stealing. He's much tall. He sounds much taller and gruffer, like in the descriptions. Two Bit, like Emilio, in terms of like physical difference from what you imagine in the book, is totally different. Um. I think that's it. I think that's everything that's like top of mind different. Gentlemen, upon further research, this was released on March 25th of 1983. At the cinema that week, you could catch Spring Break, a sex comedy. Uh, I know where I would have been. (laughs) The Sword in the Stone by Disney. Not there. uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. But I think at this point, it was just what was released in March. Uh, budget ten million, a box office of over twenty five million, so it was a hit. Um, S. E. Hinton started this book when she was fifteen years old. She finished it when she was sixteen, and the book was published when she was seventeen. Uh, she was there for the whole filming of the movie, and Coppola would have her dictate any questions he had. So she was a decision maker in the process of the filmmaking. Uh, She said she was very close with a lot of the boys, the cast, and said she felt kind of like a mother figure to them while filming was going on. 
Um, I think we pretty much covered everything that I felt was interesting. There's a lot on there if you go and look. Uh, Dennis Quaid turned down the role of Daly, uh, Dally, in order to appear in the right stuff in 1983. That's a and, smarter move. That's a smart move. And I think that's about all I got. Like I said, I think we covered everything. I did quickly watch a comparison video. Um, some YouTube channel that does sort of comparison videos of the original works to the adaptations. And they also did the, so they did the book theatrical complete novel version sort of explain that the consensus seems to be the complete novel version in terms of substance substantially better makes up for a lot of those gaps that you lose, like things that you lose in the theatrical but a lot of people hate it because of the score change. So the music in this is actually like orchestral and very sweeping, very fitting of like the gone with the wind sort of aesthetic that he was going for. The complete novel version has this like surf rockabilly thing that is absolutely brutal. Um, if I were to tell somebody to watch one particular comparison scene, the uh fountain sequence is almost comical with the uh surf rock score over it it does not play dramatic at all are the opening credits uh that dick dale song <laughs> from <laughs> pulp fiction <laughs> <laughs> that'd be crazy Coppola came up with the complete novel version because his niece, I guess, covered it at school. And I guess he felt kind of bad. She flunked her test. Yeah. He quickly cut a version together for her and like some classmates so they could watch the full version. And then he was like, oh, okay, well, let me just throw this out. Let me fill in all the shit that I cut. Yeah, I think that was like 2005. Well, and he... He was proposed, like, was, wasn't there, like, a teacher that sent him a letter that said... A, a group of students yeah. felt that he would be the best to do the adaptation. Okay. So this wasn't, like, a passion project thing for him. This was something that was, like, presented, and he was like, okay, I could maybe... This is, di- like you were saying, this is different than Godfather and Apocalypse Now. Yeah, he Dude. had his run there, and he kind of wanted to dip his toes into a different genre of film, I guess. Dear Mr. Coppola, we, Miss Smith's sixth grade class, all love the Godfather saga. (laughs) Will you please direct? You guys ready? I'm ready. Rate my box. Dan, I'm going to give you a 3.0. Cron, I'm going to give you a 3.0. Dan, I'll give you a 3.0. Cron, I'm giving you a 4.0. Cron, why don't you start? 
All right, guys, the outsiders. Uh, I mean, we've kind of talked about this already. The thing that stood out to me the most on this rewatch is just the sheer amount of talent that is inside of this movie. Uh, the people who have two lines are A-list actors. Uh, it's incredible the cast that they got for this thing. Um, everyone performs. And I don't know, man. I mean, I had not watched this since middle school. And it is kind of a very touching movie, right? By Like, when you get to the end of it, uh, Stay Gold Pony Boy is kind of a undying phrase for a reason. Like, it hits, it hits hard, uh, it's impactful. It's a good movie. Uh, just top to bottom, it's a good movie. Now, that being said, I had not seen this since the 8th grade. I don't know if I will watch this again for another 10 to 15 years. Um, I enjoy it. It's just, I don't know, there's something about it where it's not like material that I feel the need to go back and revisit for repeated viewings. Um, but it is a solid movie. It's just start to finish. Very, very good. Um, I think ultimately I would be a 3.5 on this 3.0 for the movie. Hey, extra 0.5 for Diane Lane. You're looking great. Animal. Gentlemen, uh, the Outsiders from 1983, directed by Mr. Francis Ford Coppola, is a fantastic movie from start to finish. It's gorgeous. Uh, the acting, I think, shines through on even the smallest parts here. Um, just a world building is so great here of of Tulsa, Oklahoma with greasers and socialites preps and just the cars, the drive-in. I think it works. I think Dylan's performance is very great. Uh, Machio does a wonderful job as well. Um, like I said, this is, it had been a long time as well since I'd seen this. I just I think Coppola does a lot here with with a little maybe 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 there is a lot there but this is a 4.0 for me. I I enjoy this. I liked it. Still do. I think yeah, I would come back to it. I'm having a tough time judging the movie just as a movie. Um, the, the content, the story does resonate with me quite a bit. But I think I have some massive problems with a lot of the editing choices in the movie. And I think it overall is a massive uh, disability to the thing because it does look great. The score is great. The acting is really good. While I do think some people are trying a little too hard, I think it fits in the style of the time. So this is 
I just swallowed incorrectly. I'm not starting to cry. Um, I was like trying to like not shake up my ice. Now I'm actually tearing up because I'm fighting through it. Uh, but uh, it's this always had like uh, you know I get dinged for being like the nostalgia raider on here for things. But this actually dropped a little bit for me on this watch. Um, I do think I'll watch this again soon, but I want to watch the complete novel version. But the version that we watched and the version going on the big list, I got to give this a 3.5. All right, guys. Uh, Let's see where this thing end up. Here it is. The Outsiders, this would have an average score from the three of us of 3.67. This would end up ultimately at number 27 on the big list. This would currently be right below Near Dark, movie we discussed very recently, and right above Live Wire, a movie that has nothing to do with the other two movies that I just mentioned. That's a movie that everybody should rewatch. I agree. But Live Wire's good, man. Yeah. All right, this episode has gone way long in comparison to what I thought it would hit in my mind. Uh, I, I hope it was enjoyable. It's kind of a newer uh, flavor for the show. I think it worked, though. Hopefully, uh, you found the episode enjoyable and the discussion um, educational, but for right now, I'll kick it over to my buddy Dan because it's time to go. As always, you fine, fine folks out there, uh, thanks for all the support and the love. Uh, if you're on Apple and Spotify, please follow, rate, and review the show. It helps us bring the show to more people. Uh, follow us on Letterboxd, Instagram. We're on Threads as well. Check that out. Um, check out uh, the Spooky Season. Uh, thanks to all the, the guests that came on. Wonderful having those uh, buddies with us in, uh, in this deadly game of podcasting. It's nice to have friends. Uh, but other than that, crash and burn. Uh, stay gold and burn. Yeah, I was going to say stay gold. I was, uh, get tough like me, man. Welcome. To the after shower show, folks. We just went through The Outsiders from 1983, directed by Francis Ford Coppola, on our new category, the English Room TV Cart. Uh, Bones, you didn't wash all the soot from the church fire off you in the shower? No, I kind of want to wear it as like a fucking punishment because that episode sucked. Why do you think that that episode I don't know. sucked? I just I wasn't on, man. I, you I, you brought a very I don't know. You know, like just emotional kinda, movie tonight. In the moment, it was like slow motion. It just like um, 
I'm dreading having to edit this and like revisit it. Like my my monologue sucked. I just like I wasn't in time with any like you guys had some great jokes and I just fell flat on I just sucks. I I think you did a wonderful job bringing us through the outsiders. It's got to be tough to watch that movie multiple times. I I watched it twice, but you know, take take plot on that. We also had all that great content about how uh, proficiently I lay pipe. So I want to worry too much about it. The audience is going to eat that shit up, dude. Kron is a missionary man. Fuck that, dude. No, I'm not. Stop yeah, putting that shit I out think, there. And I, I'm on a mission I think to that say that Kron's a missionary man. Adds to my depression because it's like <laughs> I can't even. It's like there's such a, an emotional story about like not believing in yourself or, you know, and then you're sitting there just lying blatantly about being nope. a fuck machine. And I just can't. You guys are, you guys are fucking jealous. I of- can't. The talent I have. I can't he buy has into a it. Three inch dick and he does missionary only. Nope. Nope. I've heard I've seen multiple Discord. It only posts took hundred and fifty four episodes. The hog that I got. So Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. Okay, we believe you. Not really. Join the jealous. Discord and uh make fun of Kron's average penis no you know what's gonna happen everybody's gonna say like i believe cron i i want to get fucked by cron i hope i hope cron fucks me they could be cron fucks me at pods land 2024 i hope i get some of that fucking funny juice up my keister because he's he's got a huge hog he fucks good he's so funny they could be so lucky i want to take that mustache ride If we put up a photo of the three of us and it was who fucks best out of these three, <laughs> I would get 98% of the votes. You are aware that we have an Instagram page, right? <laughs> I can do that. Yeah, and I'm he will saying, get dude, all will. of the votes just to fucking spite us. So That's true. But speaking of fucking, I got to fuck you guys. Next week with a new pick for this new category, the English Room TV cart from Bones. Thank you for the category. I like it. I hope we revisit this. I think it's a uh, a category that we can revisit. There's a lot out there, I think. Yeah, call it the fucking English TV cart to the revenge History and Beyond don't, poems don't about perfect vaginas. I already got don't, revenge categories picked out for season two. <laughs> don't give them any ideas. So, gentlemen, when this was announced, I had a few titles that I'm even sucking right me. now. I suck now in the after shows, man. You're this, not. Uh, sh- you're suck. not sucking. All right, we're finish, just finish recovering your- from the emotional storm that we went through with the outsiders. Yeah, maybe I do need to just. I need, I, you know, I've only fucked a few times today. Maybe I need to fucking cry, and and that'll be, I get my head Wait, right. F- you need to fuck and then cry. Yeah. Okay. Hey, emotions get the best of us. 
during a uh, romantic encounters. So you are more than welcome to cry after you make love. Well, sometimes you just you see something that's so beautiful. Sometimes when I fuck, I just like have an out of body experience. It's like, God damn, I like, I'm envious of the world that they get to, they get to watch it. You know? Are you live streaming it? <laughs> yeah. Are you got mm-hmm. an OnlyFans going? Yeah. I'm just like, when are we going to do this again? Like 10 minutes from now? 20? Tomorrow? Next week? Name a date. I'll they keep there. tipping. I keep fucking. All right. Like, that's how you keep your audience happy. <laughs> Thanks for the super tip. Just a tip. But gentlemen, yeah, a few titles did come to mind whenever I, uh, when Bones released this category. Uh, I, I just came back to my initial first thought on this. And, um, kind of started looking at authors and I came across this lady. Her name was S E Hinton and it's a movie that was shot in Tulsa, Oklahoma starring Matt Dillon and Diane Lane. And I said, well, that's weird. That's who's the director of this. And I said, Oh, look, it's Francis Ford Coppola. And I said, what year is this? It said, I said, 1983. That's weird, too. I said, oh. I said, we're going to add Mickey Rourke. We're going to add Nicolas Cage. We're going to add Chris Penn. We're going to keep Tom Waits. And we're going to add a little Lawrence Fishburne. And gentlemen, we're also going to add Dennis Hopper to that list. Because we're going to do Rumblefish, the movie that Mr. Coppola shot on Sundays while filming The Outsiders. Is this available anywhere? Bold. It is It is on Prime for six more days. But of course, <laughs> gentlemen, you, you, will pro- you will be provided with a fine Blu-ray from the criterion that I will provide you. Thank you, Dan. And Kron, just to rub it in your fucking crawl, this isn't black and chrome. Shit. I thought this would be a wonderful comparison piece to the outsiders. I I mean, probably, I don't dislike black and white movies. I dislike when they put a movie out in color and then Six months later, they're like, here it is again in black and white. Enjoy, you pieces of shit. But yes, this is the first movie that I thought of when Bones announced Spoken like a guy who only has one sex position. Me or him? No. Karan? Yeah, totally. Missionary. You're reaching. But if The Outsiders is missionary, this is doggy style from Rumblefish. I'm doing positions you haven't even read about yet. We're also adding Mickey Rourke, who did I took the I took the Kama Sutra as like a starter's text. Like, 
here elaborate from here. It looks like Sophia Coppola's in this again, too. Yes, she is. Shocker. I'm excited, man. This is a movie that has always been on the list for five day rentals. And I said, I have a category that was designed around it, but I, I can poke some other stuff in there, but I thought this would be a perfect time for this. And well, like I said, when you said the category based on books and then you said it was the outsiders, I was like, Oh shit. Like I know what I'm doing. Hands down. I think, this is a more, it's a rated R. It's, you'll see some differences. It's not the same. Uh, Karan, you'll appreciate Mrs. Diane Lane a lot more in this one. Oh, I can't wait. Sounds promising, dude. Oh, yeah. But yeah, guys, Rumblefish. Like Dan said, just I'll, made I'll, a motion like he was sucking on a lollipop. That was cool. How'd you do that with your tongue? Yeah, see. We gotta go. <laughs> I wonder what Francis Ford Coppola movie I'll pick for this category. Hey, you hit Dracula. We'll have a, a direction erection going on over here. Uh but yeah. Gentlemen, next week we're doing Rumblefish from 1983, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Um, it's going to be a good time. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, but till then, stay gold. Stay gold. Cron, I, I believe you can fuck. I do. Dude, I, I can do. throw down. Okay. I don't know why you guys are doubting me tonight. I, 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 I just don't want it out there that you fuck more or better than me. Like there's a, there's very few things where I'm like I uh, like you can say that you do, but to say he doesn't fuck more. That's a timing thing. <laughs> you know the position I'm in. You can't say that right. Cron a year ago versus Cron now, it's a completely different ball game, dude. I mean, <laughs> you've. You just need to be fucking careful. We just need All to right? put each of us film what we're doing. <laughs> you should be wearing condoms right now. Fuck that. <laughs> oh my god, dude. I would stay never. gold. I I'm would never you fucking diapers again, aren't I? God damn it. <laughs> Don't do it, dude. I do what I want to. <laughs> <laughs>